live Thursday afternoon. I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIBABQ.FM, Rock of Talk.com, 550-5500 here on this beautiful Thursday. Blustery, I don't know, is that windy? It's always that day, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, where we get, uh, well, we just get inundated with all the bad weather. And bad weather's wind, by the way, if you're a New Mexican. For some reason, you love snow days, you love all the wonderful things that New Mexico has to offer in terms of the four seasons. But one thing uh, that you know about New Mexicans is we don't appreciate the wind. It doesn't matter. It just makes people angry. It makes them drive faster. Everybody's got to get out of town. Like There's all these things that are happening in the springtime as the wind blows in another season. We're happy to be here. And I think that hopefully last night was the not last freeze. I certainly hope that that is the case. Hopefully. I know you green thumbers that are out there, you guys that are good with the plants, you you're covering, you're hugging, and oh, I'm, I just planted my, uh, whatchamacallits, my uh, whatchamaraniums, and uh, my uh, whatchamadandelions. I mean, I, I don't even know what, I'm I'm not green thumb. Don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, if you like the TV. Uh, my parents now turned on to Roku TV, and uh, they are now decidedly watching, uh, uh, me on uh, TV, which is interesting. I see you. I see you at the airport. I see you. Don't forget, you can podcast us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. As we finalize our taxes and get them done, uh, we're, we're, we're playing catch-up. It's been a tough week, folks. It's like angry, angry. I don't know. What makes us angrier during this time? Is it our taxes or is it, uh, I don't know. What do you, what, what do you call it? The, the, the wind. Yeah. Downloading our free app, folks. That is free. Okay. You don't have to pay the government for our free app, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. I know I know. a lot of you guys are like, oh, I got to pay. Oh. Like another guy's like, whoa, I filed my taxes early because I was getting uh, $133,000 from the government. I'm like, oh, I kill you. No, it all comes out in the wash, except, of course, if you're Joe Biden, who's now on the day before tax day talking about buy American, everybody, buy American, buy American. Uh, D-Dad Muscat, hour one, a lot of uh, fun. Do you know what deciduous means, uh, D-Dad Muscat? Somebody that uh, today, she uh, he had a green, th- she had a green thumb and didn't know what deciduous is. And I always ask the first, anybody who says they have a green thumb, and I always ask them, is it deciduous? about whatever plant they plan to give. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it because Dowd is not a green thumber. He had to look it up and Dowd. I, I was going to say it had something to do with leaves. And, and yes, uh, it means shedding its leaves annually. Yes. Oh, I will not take anything that is deciduous. It's uh, <laughs> insidi- deciduous. And you know, the reason why I remember it so much is insidious deciduous. Because it's not the plant that I want in my house because you got to clean up after it, right? Why do people get plants? Instead of dogs, so they don't have to clean up on them. Who wants the deciduous anything, right? You know, is a dog deciduous? Yes, daily, twice, three times daily, and uh, well, you know how it is. Golden uh, retrievers shed more than more than leaves; they shed fur all day long. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. I did tell you guys about the type of dog I'm supposed to get. Uh, I'm supposed to get a little weenie, uh, a mini, a mini dachshund. Uh, which I, I definitely want, but I, I still don't even know if I want that much of a responsibility. What do you think? And then I feel like if I ever give it love, then I feel like I'm going to be take that love could have gone to my children, which I'd much rather <laughs> hug and snuggle with. So I might just wait like nine years. What do you think? Nine, well, 10 years, 11 years to kind of uh, do that. I don't, I don't need a dog. Um, the, the world needs more dogs, but I don't need, I need less dogs. Uh, there's way too many of them. Uh, out there, I think, and they do need. Well, uh, Eddie, uh, just uh, 
usually yeah. you ask me how I'm doing today, and I just want to interject I I if we if we if we don't get to that. Um, I want to be the first member of the Rock of Talk community. All right, the first mm. to congratulate uh, Julie Heinrich on mm. being hired as the executive director of Meow Wolf's uh, new foundation. Oh, I'm sure she got that job uh, completely based on the merit merits. Uh, has nothing to do uh, with the fact that uh, she's married to uh, the senior U.S. senator in uh, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. uh, and um, uh, for the just to refresh people's minds, I believe Meow Wolf has gotten something around $2.5 million in mm. taxpayer funds. And so uh, to quote the great George Carlin, a new documentary is about to come out on George Carlin. Uh, it's a club. You're not in it, folks, and neither am I. Yeah, I don't want to be in that club. Um, I will never visit Meow Wolf again. In fact, Meow Wolf now officially sucks. And uh, I was the first season one. I was a season ticket holder. Just so oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you got it for like I think it was three twenty-five. You're always an early adopter when it comes to well, the stuff. same thing when it came to the art bus passes. Um, I wanted to make sure I wanted to check it out. That lasted a month. You know. Anything that anyone's hyping, I think I was probably like one of the first people to buy a New Mexico United jersey. And then that went by the wayside. I mean, uh, if there's somebody who's going to jump on something early, it, it's me. I want to be the first guy that, that's going to adopt whatever it is that that's there. Unfortunately, uh, in each of these three tragic cases, the New Mexico United Meow Wolf, which at some point were together, uh, but now I guess Meow Wolf can't part with the money because how do we sponsor a New Mexico United team? We'll let the New Mexico True gets that. Like government taxpayers, when you see that New Mexico true across their jersey, that's your money. Yep. That's promoting the New Mexico whatever, the whatchamacallits. I think that's a better name than, than whatever <laughs> they're called. I do have some big news today. And um, I feel like today is like uh, like an informal, we can talk about anything sort of day, even though dad wants to get through stuff. And I'm, I'm very, I'm highly skilled at keeping Dowd from talking about his objectives. Dowd is singularly focused on his items, always organized. And I could do three hours of a show about nothing. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld did nine, nine, nine years of a show. About years. <laughs> yes. I can do three years, uh, three hours of this. Folks, um, there's something that you knew. If you're, if you're one of those uh, people like Doubt and I are, well, Doubt is, is offered himself the out, if you will, in, in the, Name of the rock of talk chat. If you saw the brilliance of what Elon Musk did today, if you understood the gravity, the gravitas of the move today, you literally reached a point at which you understood that this, that this was the turning point where you decided to either go towards full blown towards communism, or you decided to keep capitalism alive. Okay, that well, that's what happened today. And what's more important, and I want to sort of do the quick dissection. Now, I haven't read an article. I haven't done anything. I've, I've been recording all day. Tigo and Tracy made it into the studio. I mean, everyone's just coming. Michael Trujillo came in out of nowhere. Like, look what the wind blew in. Remember, remember your parents used to say, look, look what the, oh my God. Uh, how, look what, look who finally came over. You know. Well, the wind blew in some of my guests, but the wind also blew in market forces and the richest person in the world who's about to write probably, I don't know, how big do you think those tax bills this year? 20 billion? You think what? Do you think Lee Elon Musk is making a 20 to $25 billion payment to, like, I'm more interested in that than anything that we're paying. Hmm. I really am. I'm like, 
Whatever it is, it's not enough for Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> it is never enough. And, and, and I think the day in which he did this is like, okay, let's see how stupid these people truly are. Let's see how blinded these people are. Let me make them an offer. They can't refuse. Twitter is worthless. There is zero value in Twitter. Uh, Dow, do a Google search for Twitter, okay? We're now merging one evil with another. And we're going to go ahead and Twitter, Google. I don't know. I'm confused. Am I Twittering? Am I Googling? Am I, what am I doing? Oh, it's all ticklish. <laughs> if you Google Twitter, the first articles that come up are about Elon Musk's salvo. A $41 billion. Is Twitter worth that much? No way in hell. Is it worth a quarter of what Elon Musk is worth? That's essentially what he's stating it's worth. There's no product. There's not a widget. There's no fidgets. There's no digits. There's no gidgets. There's nothing there. Okay. There's just your words. Wait. This is the man who's like sending people to the moon? To the stars. To Mars. In cars one day. Right. It will be literally, as I say that, like you believe everything I say because it's true. You will be in a car one day when I finally saved up, Sonny. I was finally able to roll up a million five so I can finally make it to Mars. It's going to be. And you guys see what's above me? Do you guys see what's above me? Has anybody ever noticed in rockoftalk.tv, you, you watchers, you viewers? What do I have up there? The planet Mars. There's America, Epstein, a heart. But most interestingly, in the, uh, interestingly, is the pairing of that flag with Mars. Will that flag that was on the moon on July 20th, 1969, will that flag also be with a human being with that flag on Mars? That, that's my question. That's my question for my kids. That There's so much right there that that is communicated. And what Elon Musk did today is say, how stupid can these people be? Are they going to look past this value? Is Jack and the jackasses over there going to turn around and say, no, it's not for sale. I mean, an offer at what? $10, $10.50? Minimum wage, essentially, for this uh, a worthless product. Worthless. Number one Twitter user, I think it was what, Katy Perry? I think and nobody really cared about Twitter until like Donald Trump started using it in nefarious ways right, oh, to yeah. control. He's, he's controlling it. opinion. <laughs> and then they had all these bannings and things that were going on. But what Elon Musk is directly communicating to you is he is saying, yeah, I think Mars is quite valuable. I think space travel is pretty amazing. Yeah, I like electric cars. That's kind of cool, isn't it? To be able to go zero to 60 and... 2.3 seconds and look what I could do. I could plug it in. I mean, whoever thought about plugging in a car, isn't that like the whole entire thing for you to go places? Um, you know, honey, I've been thinking about laying down $125,000 on a Tesla. Yeah, you can plug it into the wall and it goes 300 miles. Well, how far is that going to get us? How? <laughs> Not as far as a Winnebago or an RV or any of that stuff that you could essentially buy for the same price of a Tesla. So Elon says, here's a Mars. I give you space. I give you, I don't know, whatever you want to call his electric car. I, I, I Worthless in my opinion. Worthless. Okay. Doesn't do anything that the other car does. 
other than it's telling people that um, gas is dangerous and I'm kind of stupid with money. But that's what I hear when I see people with Teslas. I'm just like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Hey, we're all idiots. Uh, you get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Yeah, you're all idiots. You're all idiots. Go spend your stupid Tesla money. Okay, Plug it in. And then why don't you do the whole thing by getting the kilowatt? See how much it takes. But what Elon Musk was communicating to you is that free speech is worth more than space. It's worth more than that electric car. It's worth more than anything. Because he's got to write a tax bill to the tune of however many billions of dollars. And the government wants to come and penalize him for his success of being the richest man in the world. And the first thing I thought of, and a lot of other people are like, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Jeff Bezos, uh, the other one too, and he bought the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos is an idiot. He's a moron compared to Elon Musk. Newspapers are worthless. I walked to the front door today, about 3 p.m. I, I walked past it. I don't know. I stepped, how many times did I step over the Albuquerque Journal today? It's like a new hurdle. It's like, I'm, here I go. Woo! It's like a hurdle. I'm like Edwin Moses. Like, how many newspapers are they going to leave in the front of my business? Nobody picks it up because nobody wants to read what's in the Albuquerque Journal. It's got a better chance for a homeless man peeing on it in front of my building than it does somebody who works for either Northrop Grumman or some other corporation here in my building that to pick it up. They're like, nah, I don't know what's on there, but it's not worth my time. Not worth, not worth my damn time. And Elon Musk says, well, I could buy a hundred newspapers, a thousand newspapers, but what I'd rather buy Twitter. I'd rather buy something that has no value, that everybody knows the name, even though it's being devalued. And let me tell you the strategic point where I immediately saw the brilliance. I'm like, oh, this guy's smart. What did Jack do? Step down, Jack Dorsum, step down from Twitter. Well, thank God. Go do your naked yoga and twirl your beard and put on your silver hair ponytail. Whatever you think is going to make you cool, bro, because you ain't that cool. Meanwhile, Elon Musk working his ass off. I think he's on his 12th divorce, 14th kid, uh, third invention. Like the guy is just, but and he's not even 40 or something, right? I think he's, the, uh, he's, he's, he's older, but I'm oh like, God, I'd love to be Elon Musk. <laughs> it's just guy just powering through everything. He's just like, oh, he's like the, he's like the new Henry VIII. He's like, they're not, the church isn't going to give me the divorce. Nope, I'll invent a church. I'll invent a planet where I could do what I want to do. I'm going to go there and do the things that I want. Go where you want to go, dude. Like Elon Musk is like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But Elon Musk, the brilliance of him is timing. Now, Donald Trump is not one-fifth the smart smartness of Elon Musk. Okay? Donald Trump is driven. He's a great marketer. And he's very, very good very good at seeing the big picture, which gives him a, a, t a type of intelligence that rare, rarely anybody has, but he doesn't have the smarts of, of a guy like Elon Musk. Elon's just burying his face in books, reading stuff, and then just money is just falling all over, all over himself. Okay. And that's not to put down Donald Trump. That's to accentuate because you all know that he's the greatest president in the history of this country. The things that he was able to do and accomplish and the agenda. I mean, if you want to exit under the definition of execution, there's two people. One, <laughs> Donald Trump. That's uh, definition number one. Execute. First hundred days, most successful. Second hundred days, most successful. Oh, get out of my way. You're fired. You're fired. I got this. We, we got a job to do, right? Under definition two of execution, 
<clears throat> I'm not sure you want to take this. There's always different meetings for the word execution. Michelle Lujan Grisham. We're not, we're not talking about her COVID numbers and the executing, you know. Man, we're going to give you the shot. Uh, no, we're not talking about it. She's executing her agenda. The brilliance of Elon Musk is timing. Timing. Let me say this one more time to you. It's timing, being in the right place at the right time to do the right thing. Exit Jack Dorsey. Hey, uh, come on, come on. Hey, bada, bada, bada. come on, Trump. You're going to invent some sort of social media. What do we got? Uh, you're going to go ahead and uh, create some new social media. Huh? Here's great. You know, all these guys, all the conservatives like, oh, rumble. Oh, where do I, wait, wait, where do I go now? A uh, street corner, uh, rumble. Oh, Parlor, getter, me, we. Where am I going? Uh, we have six, seven, seven, eight ways. We got 25 different social. I get me on here and there. Could promote. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of stupid. Yeah. A hell of a lot of stupid. All yeah, you, you don't have a getter profile. What's wrong with you? Wait, wait, wait. You're not on parlor. What's wrong with you? I mean, how come you're not on rumble? Like moron, moron, moron. Wait, wait. Hey, let me just throw my passwords across 30 different platforms of people I've never met before because that worked out really well with something called Zuckerberg. And Dorsey. You couldn't invent it. And Trump doing social media. Wow. Under the third definition of myopic is that. The guy doesn't need social media. Social media needs Donald Trump. People talk because Donald Trump. I think he finally, re I think he finally realized I'm like, I don't need to invent this social media crap. What is this? The world needs me. Yeah, we we obviously did need Donald Trump. Look what happened in our world. Ah, oh, we don't need him. <laughs> Have you seen Joe Biden? Have you seen the Democrats? Have you seen what's happening here? And here all here comes along Peter Pan. <laughs> Elon Musk. He's like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to join the board. Yeah, I like John, Jack Dorsey. Yeah, they're going to let me in. Yeah, I'm going to join the board. I have all these opinions, but yeah, I'm cool. Look at me. I can fly to the moon. Look, I can create an electric car that you guys are all driving in. He's probably, you can probably sync up your iPhones. You know what's better than the iPhone? The device that captures all the information of the iPhone, which is the damn Tesla. Let me suck all that information out. Uh, we have it at Tesla headquarters. You synced it up. You said, I agree. I trust it. He walked into your boardroom. He walked into your Tesla and your electric vehicles. Then he started to realize that, hey, you know what? The most valuable thing in the world isn't space, isn't electric cars. It's free speech. And the last guy to do it was Donald Trump. And look what happened to every person who expressed themselves. When you have a country that's trying to self-destruct, suppress, and drive you into pure and total communitarian communism. The man is brilliant. I don't know what is being said anywhere because I'm not on social media. I don't know what is being said anywhere because I know that the news doesn't reflect an actual opinion. I get zero from the news. Literally, I stopped reading some of these papers because I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Author conclusion, author conclusion, author conclusion, Belteschlong. Right? What is that? Worldview. Every one of these authors represents a worldview. You know who I do read? Glenn Greenwald. Yep. 
the uh, homosexual journalist who lives in Brazil on a coffee farm who got thrown out of every place and who is the one guy that uh, exposed the dirty underworld, the CIA, the FBI, and all of that through just a basic interview, just turning on a camera and sitting there taking notes and writing a bunch of articles. And then he started his own independent which soon got gobbled up and was no longer independent because you get these little rats in there that thinking that they're going to do something good. So congratulations and kudos to one Elon Musk. I'm interested to see how this plays itself out. Predictions, love to hear them, 550-5500. Thoughts on the matter, if you have any, or do you need to regurgitate something that you heard from somebody else because you're not original, 550-5500. If you feel so uh, compelled as to text in uh, your thoughts on it, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. I know that this is uh, one of those things that Dowd is probably going to really contemplate and think about, like, what is this going to tell us? Because it's more interesting as to what the Twitter board tells us. You know, this is a relationship between, why did you invent Twitter? Did they invent it to express themselves? It seems like that's the purpose now. How do you express yourself in a communistic world? Are they holding the line? How long can they hold the line for a guy like um, Joe Biden? Was Twitter invented ultimately for the vindication of the Democrats and their left agenda? It would seem so. Is that more important to them nowadays? Is the drive to hate Trump so strong that that's what ramped up Twitter? Yes, that's exactly what I believe. Love to get your thoughts on all that. Your quick, uh, you know, uh, view on on the uh, matters of the day and the offer note. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to have uh, express my thoughts quickly about Twitter, Eddie, because it's, sure. I have, you know, Twitter, uh, I love Twitter. Twitter, I love Twitter. Uh, I also hate Twitter because it's run by lunatics. I love the Twitter platform. If you're in the kind of business that I am, information, you got to be jacked in seven days a week, almost 24 hours a day. Yep. There's just nothing like it as an information delivery service. And I know so many of our listeners, Eddie, are saying, what is this all? Who cares? Twitter is just something that 13-year-olds use. Twitter today is basically what the New York Times used to be years ago. The people who are the right-thinking people, the beautiful people, the powerful people would get up every morning and they look at the New York Times and that would be the day's agenda for what to talk about, what to cover if you were in the media, how to think about it if you looked at their editorial page. Twitter, in a sense, I think now is in some ways more powerful than the New York Times was 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, I just like it from an engineer. I think that's why Elon likes it. I like it from an engineer's standpoint. It's so damn useful for people in our business. An average, mentally healthy, working American going about their life, probably 95% of them have no use for Twitter. I have enormous use for Twitter. I'm on Twitter all day. I have a Twitter account for the Rock of Talk chat, and I encourage you folks to uh, subscribe because basically our Rock of Talk chat Twitter account has been shadow banned for months. Uh, we're, we're violating the algorithm, and we're probably on our way to being deplatformed. Uh, it's a way. I just saw it as a way to reach a younger crowd because talk radio tends to be, you know, 45 and up. And uh, they don't. <laughs> I'm of, I'm of two minds on this, Eddie, and I, and okay. I understand where people are I coming from. By, so I, 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 I understand where people are coming from when they say, who cares? This doesn't affect my life. I'm not on Twitter. Nobody I know is on Twitter. I live in a nice neighborhood. I have a job. I have a business. Who cares? Twitter is very powerful in setting the agenda of powerful people, what they're what they're supposed to think about, how they're supposed to approach a pro, a pro, a, an issue, uh, the issues that are supposed to be in the forefront of their mind. So yes, it's run by horrible people, 
I think I think the Pew Research Center did a study a couple of years ago. Only two percent of American adults are on Twitter. I, I understand the critique. Wash your hands of it. I don't care. Yeah, let me. Twitter let me, let me. is powerful in our country. It's a very powerful entity in our country, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. Um, and so, yes, run by horrible people, but I am part of that world. That world, whether you know it or not, shapes your daily reality and your, what you hear from the media, uh, how public policy is shaped, how lobbying campaigns are, are crafted. So, yes, uh, I, I agree with the critique. There are a lot of 13-year-old punks on Twitter, but there are also a lot of very, very powerful people. So to, to wash your hands of it, I think, is to not recognize the importance of this. And the fact that Elon Musk wants to make it, once again, a free speech platform, as it was in its early years, uh, it's a it's an asteroid coming at the Earth, and it's but it's a good asteroid, I would say. And I wish Elon nothing but the best. Let's think of Twitter this way, and Dowd basically said it. Um, you know, the point is is what percentage? What are they doing? How does it shape? And then he used the word power. So when it comes to elections, when it comes to why you listen to conservative talk and like the opinions of the very few across across a wide array, a spectrum of societal connections, school, institutions, jobs, restaurants, wherever you might have a congregate where people might still congregate. I mean, they congregate far more anyplace else. Those opinions that are generated in the labs, right, of people's minds that inevitably end up in coming from a Dowd uh, or from me or from wherever, get out there and then they shape everything across the spectrum because it immediately creates an argument and it creates a perspective. And the great thing about Twitter is it forces the user as well as the listener. Um, actually, it doesn't force the listener to do anything or the, the viewer. It forces the, the guy, the author, to condense in a short and tight amount as possible an idea that has an impact and that impact with a link could change things depending upon who the influencer is. So that's the way to think about that. And, and it gets magnified, which is why you see tweet, retweet, retweet, uh, which is why they didn't want to allow, you know, Donald Trump. And the liberals understand this. I wish you conservatives did and said, or the conservatives do, well, we're going to invent 35 different social media platforms across uh, 100,000 uh, <laughs> all this. And then it's like, uh, no, yeah. branding 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 remember donald trump does not need twitter twitter needs donald trump 550 50 500 that's 550 50 500 very few times do i say that i get things right but on this something i care and know a lot about and have spent probably all of my time in one form or another uh kind of dealing with which is why we created rockoftalk.tv which is why we have a radio station which is why we're on the internet and we're not on social media. We're not anywhere else. You can only catch us at am 600 FM, our own platform, and rockoftalk.com. 432, back and forth.
Parsons, the Alan Parsons Project, Eye in the Sky there. Loretta Lynn, 90 years old or 90 years young today. I'm proud to be a cold miner's daughter. Oh, man, that's just good. So who's, I've always asked people these questions because people get sort of tricked out. It's like, who, who is older, Patsy Cline or Loretta Lynn? That Everyone always says that Patsy Cline was older. No, Loretta Lynn was in fact older. Patsy Cline would be younger if she were still alive uh, today. Um, boy, just a... I go walking over Brad Garrett, 62. Very funny guy. Very, very tall man. I believe the tallest comedian. Uh, he has a nice little place at the MGM Grand where he has the uh, comedy uh, area. That's a uh, residency. Right oh. Residency. Yes. He has like a little, like a, like a place where, I don't know. It's like, it's like a, it's like a quasi lounge bar uh, kind of places. Robert Carlyle. Wow. I was 61. I thought he was older than that. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, Dunger. No, no, he isn't that. He's just, uh, Farmer Ted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Hall, 54. Um, let's see. Also, yeah, we got to play play that one. That's going to be a good one. National reach as high as you can day. <laughs> Apparently, New Mexico not included in all, any of that. We're still, we're still, we're still low, uh, swing low, sweet chariot. National look up the sky day. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Dolphin day, doubt. Dolphin day. That's interesting. Very cool. I saw one in uh, off the shore of Galveston a couple of years ago when we were out in Texas with my sister and brother-in-law. Yeah, they're, they're amazing creatures. They're, they are. Uh, mammals or amphibians? Yes, or Ooh. fish? Yeah. Question for a lot of people. Level air, one, so really. Huh? Mammals. mammals. Hmm? Uh, <clears throat> uh, um, a slippery little mammal uh, in the water. Uh, very intelligent. Uh, kind of cruel, by the way. I've, Can I've be. to understand that a lot of people like to uh, act like they know dolphins and they're they're cruel people. They play with their food right before, before they eat it. Uh, but killer whales are, are really the cruel ones, right, Dowd? They, they, they hunt in groups. Little baby seals. And, yeah, and they drown. <laughs> you want to talk about they They drown. They'll find a giant blue whale, and three of them will just drown it over a period of, I don't know, 8 to 12 hours. That's, that's some good hunting right there. 100-ton uh, vehicle, and they just they take it down. And they're, they, they are what... Their name says they are killer whales. Hey, Las Cruces National Pecan Day. We are the uh, greatest exporters of pecans uh, here in 
um, I think the United States. I think Georgia is a little bit above us. On yeah, that, but we, uh, we big, big industry down south. And I was actually on a free trade panel at New Mexico State a couple of years ago with uh, that gentleman down there who was kicked off the NMSU faculty for no. uh, not yeah. getting vaxxed. His, he brought his whole class to the debate. So it was interesting. Wow. Interesting. Uh, pecans are always good, especially a very, very good for you. Very good for you. Fatty. Mm, those fats, you need the fats. No, no, car, no to carbs, yes to fats, yes to protein. National Ex-Spouse Day. Now, uh, can you celebrate that multiple times? Is that is a possibility? Well, I uh, did ask in one of the must. questions of the day, do you still get along with your ex-spouse or ex-spouses? Uh, uh, and I yes, believe you yes. had one response at least, yes. Uh, yes, yes. Were they waiting for my responses? <laughs> uh, but we, your, your, yes. your audience awaits, Mr. Yes, Erica. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, yes, yes. Oh. I think I'm, am I doing Meg Ryan too much? Yes. Yes. No, I'm sorry. Uh, well, according to one of our listeners, I am still friends with my daughter's father. Oh. It makes it easier on mm. her. So that's a good, good story. And I'm sure that's the motivation, right? Because that's why you got divorced in the first place to make it easier on the kids. So I love that excuse. It's always my favorite. If you want to talk about divorce, uh, probably nobody is uh, as well-versed on that type of subject as, as I am. So it's just one of those things, but uh, trust me, you did not get a divorce. You could get along. Well, they're getting along better now. They're divorced. <laughs> uh, National Guarding Day. Guardianing a day. That's a hard E-N-I-ing. Yes. Gardening a day. Uh, National Perfume Day. Mm. What's your favorite perfume, Dad? This is a question you cannot answer, I know. No, I... I, 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 I just, <laughs> no. National Ex-Spouse Day. The two questions, uh, the two ho holidays, and I'm not making fun of you. I'm, I'm, this is almost congratulatory. I, I think that women are just delightful the way God made them. Uh, they, they don't need makeup you. or perfume. <laughs> oh, You're like the new Cary Grant. Look at you. <laughs> the International Moment of Laughter Day. Uh, I think we have a lot of that to hear. What is like? And we had my kids uh, here in the studio. Um, what did Tom Arnold say? <laughs> 20 seconds of fun, uh, 18 years of pain, I think. <laughs> It's like a, uh, I'm sure you got more than a few responses yesterday to the boys on the air. No, oh, I got a lot. They love them. The people love them. We love them. They're, they're going to be DJs someday. They're going to be spinning the records and uh, playing the parties. You know, so it's, uh, you know, they, they, you've always wanted to. Uh, you won't have trouble socially if you DJ and you know music and you know how to spin it. But, uh, you know, they do all those uh, multi-level colors and the squares and all that stuff. So they've got all that down. Dad, I know you wanted to cover some topics today. Uh, we got the big one out of the way, which is Twitter. I don't know that we need to pay attention to anything regarding uh, the Ukraine. I know uh, Clyde Lewis is talking an awful lot about, and we got one more day to kind of work through the kinks there on Clyde Lewis because um, it takes a full week to get all the programs just right. Uh, it sucks. This is the part that sucks about radio, but thankfully it's o overnight stuff. But uh, Clyde Lewis is talking about an asteroid uh, that is on its trajectory. I don't know how much you know about that, Dowd, but it's I guess it's on its way to hit the planet. Um and uh, the U.S. government isn't telling us anything about it. But apparently we think we can take it out or something. I don't know. Anyway, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> if, if we're on a, if it's fate, it, it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do to change that. But I don't believe in fate uh, either. Um, and then um, what were some other topics that were floating around today? Uh, the big thing about snake venom in the injections. I don't know how much you know about this, but no. I think I'm going to play that tomorrow as sort of okay. a Good Friday. A lot of people turn off electronics. Um, I know it's a tradition for a lot of uh, households, like between now and tomorrow. We're not going to have a show tomorrow, and I'm going to play, I'm going to get a show ready, three hours of that show um, where we're going to be um, playing that. I, I have to listen for cleanliness all the way through, but 
um, a lot of the same symptomatic things that are happening are happening um, the same way snake venom does, the same way the snake venom dilutes and liquid, liquefies your insides and does all that stuff. And apparently there's some similarities. So we're, I don't, I'm not well versed on this, but you know, I had a dentist send it, to me, send it to me in the middle of the night. I woke up and I started playing it. I'm like, um, what? And I seldom will I get through the first two minutes of something. Obviously, everything you've ever sent me down, I, I, I can't stop. I can't shut off because I think you just know the sweet spot. But I was like, I'm 15 minutes into this and I'm still watching. There's a problem here. This, 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 is, this is real at uh, five in the morning. Or okay, just to clarify, doing. we're talking about the so-called vaccine and its, mm. and its parallels with being bitten by a snake? Yeah, you know, uh, I can't really clarify too, too much about this. I'd really let, let, it, let it speak for itself. But, you know, a lot of people, I just thought for tomorrow and a good Friday, people turn off electronics at 3 p.m., you know, supposedly the, the exact time that Jesus died. You know, I remember my dad and my parents used to keep, you can't, don't turn on the TV. Don't turn on the TV. You know, you're not allowed to turn on the TV. You're not allowed to use the phone. You're not allowed, like, until this is a sacrifice, this is a solemn day, you know, that's like right. that, that's the way it was. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like nothing happened on Good Friday, nothing. It was like everything was literally dead for that day. And I know Catholics, especially very traditional Catholics, you guys are contemplating the death uh, of our Lord. And when you go through that, you're, you're giving up everything, food, fasting, great time to kick off a new diet. Um, let's not forget together, not forget that the Ides of March also serves at a time when um, perhaps one of our greatest presidents, yes, as one of our greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln, lost his life at uh, Ford's Theater. And if you've ever had the opportunity to see the uh, bloody pillow um, that he died on, which is uh, glass encased and walked through the theater, which I'm sure you have right now. You've oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That. You go through that. It, it, it changes you to know that your president um, died on that pillow um, at that time. And you go through that in your head and you walk through it. It's just this haunting feeling like time stood still. After that, was there? I don't even know if there was a play that was ever performed there after that. And, and of course, Mr. Lincoln did not die immediately. He did right. suffer for some after. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the same could be said for, um, you know, and I know that there's weird parallels between the death of Lincoln and the death of John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy did not die. Uh, he was writhing in pain um, for a time until he was basically out onto the table, if I'm not mistaken. And then you can. Of course, look up and see what his head looked like um, uh, yeah, on the internet uh, if you wanted to. But those those types of things. So maybe if you're just taking a, 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 some time off, and then we'll play that. I think in its full capacity from four to seven, uh, we'll do that uh, tomorrow. Now, who is then, the, the the source of this, Eddie? Was it a medical professional or a, um, a researcher? Or? Let me let me pull it up. It's been sent to me so many times uh, let's see this i'm not place. trying to pull a testamentus here and discredit Dr. him i'm just, I'm just curious <laughs> artist uh, bombshell origins of ovid mrna vaccines and treatment like this isn't going to be on any other media no. you know no one else is going to play this stuff mike adams interviews uh dr brian artist part one and part two oh, i've heard that name before in the last two years three. yeah he's uh he's actually uh entertaining the guy uh has a slight gift he might want to do talk radio because He's able to sort of weave several things at the, I mean, obviously we, this is what we do, it's mm. like what we do. Um, he's able to weave several different topics and then kind of collect them together in a way to get people and then pull them all, all in. And uh, he's, he's very skilled at it. So I actually kept, I don't think I was listening because of the stylized way in which he was delivering it. I was listening specifically 
and tuned into the information he was conveying. So it was, it was moving. It was very, very moving. So um, it's convincing as well. So I Ardis, A-R-D-I-S. Yes, I remember. I've listened to him before in the last couple of years. Have you? Okay. I don't know too much about it. I do have to get through it before I release it. But I think, I think it's something that definitely bears putting on the air. We've done this before. Dr. Yeadon, we were the first to do that. John Mearsheimer, Dr. Mearsheimer, uh, with regard to Ukraine. I know that we've done this on some other fronts as well that I put some other pieces. This will be a new one, uh, yet again, uh, where we, you know, sort of are the um, setting the trends, as it were, uh, putting this out onto, quote unquote, uh, traditional media. So uh, look for that tomorrow during our four to seven. And uh, we wish everybody uh, a restful uh, and healthy fast and Passover. Uh, so let's not forget tomorrow. I believe tomorrow's Passover, of course, you know. Kind of synonymous, and I think a lot of people, you know, I don't know. You ever been to Seder or anything like that? Have you ever done that? Not a Seder. I went to a Jewish university, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was in my rebellion against the Catholic Church phase back then. I wasn't really eager to pick up a new religion. (laughs) You have your eye on a certain Jewish woman. Oh gosh, Uh, uh, what was her? Uh, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay from Miami. Oh, Lindsay, she was gorgeous. Lindsay and, Bernitsky. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's funny because you, I didn't really know when I went to George right. Washington University how oh, yeah. uh, Greek life and mm. the Jewish culture kind of rule there. And if you're a white boy Catholic from New England, you're, it's not really a, that social scene. They're not really that interested in you. But Lindsay was one of the only girls who would talk to me. <laughs> mm. Oh, Lindsay. Well, they're, they're very, very festive. But um, Eddie, before we, we ditch yeah. the the topic i mean i'm, I'm interested I, I know nothing about this but i will absolutely be listening because it doesn't get any more left-wing approved and adored than bill maher bill maher apparently the two of them came together and bashed vaccination bashed big pharma bill maher the liberals liberal said quote i don't trust them big pharma to tell me the truth about what they put in there referring to the vaccines, okay? So mm-hmm. two years ago, Bill Maher would have probably played the video you're going to play tomorrow to make fun of these people and say, oh, these are all the QAnon nutcases. It doesn't get much more establishment than Bill Maher and Joe Rogan, and they're this very week bashing Big Pharma and bashing the vaccine. Boy, those of us who are a little skeptical, we're starting to look a little better and better with each passing day, aren't we? Well, and we're not trying to do it to set ourselves apart or disagree or to, you know, I remember there's always been these guys who are, um, what do you, what do they say? The phrase, go against the grain or. Um, I kind of class. Yeah, yeah. Just try to kind of go. We're not trying to do it for that. I mean, this is research before we come to decisions. This is read about and, you know. Uh, meditated on before we, I mean, I, I didn't just jump on the air and, and suddenly just start talking about Elon Musk and you know, go against the grain or, you know, it, I mean, people who have listened to the program for long enough periods of time realize like we're originals. We do our own stuff. We do our own thing. I don't talk to you Dad, before the show. You don't talk to me. I think we maybe have 30 seconds to a minute sometimes where we do talk. There's the show prep is now, um, you know, by and large, Kind of already done before we get here and we bounce on topics and ideas and you know it's a chance for him and i to kind of get together i say our flow is probably a hell of a lot better than clay and bucks even though clay and buck are pretty good 
Um, I like them, but it's basically, I almost feel like they're, you know, they're, they're turning on a light between each other. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I hit the light. Now you go, I hit the light, you go. And I kind of get that. And I'm, and for some two people who understand the medium like us, I think, you know, for doubt and I, I think we understand our strengths and weaknesses and we know where to see it and what to see it and how long we've known each other. And you only get that by having known each other both outside and in and having a few fights over time. So, you know, when we develop these and I say develop very loosely, cause it's not like we're writing these over pages and pages so we can come and communicate this and prepping. It's not that it's, it's really just reading and letting it organically uh, sort of uh, permeate our, our brains and throughout the day. Cause you really do have to think more and more about this. And, and I think that that's uh, very important. So we're going to share with all that with you tomorrow. Um, it's been on my mind all day. It's sort of fantastic. Um, that's an value of um, a neutral laden way of me conveying that. I don't mean good or bad. Just it's like fantastic. So fantastic that I can't wrap my brain around it. And, um, just like anything, I don't want to believe in anything negative, uh, at all. I just don't, I, I, I can't do it. Um, I did celebrate one interesting, uh, note. I think I've communicated this to you before the radio before is I did celebrate, uh, Seder with, um, um, Alan Weber, the mayor of Santa Fe a few years back up in, in Santa Fe. And I got to say that was an interesting experience uh, overall, not because he was there, uh, certainly not, but just because I had the opportunity to celebrate with Jewish people, the kickoff of Passover, uh, which I believe goes for a week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't remember, but I think it's at least for a week. And then one of my very best friends, of course, is, is Jewish as well. So there you go. For all the time during this time, it's uh, all of that. And a lot more. We'll get to a lot more in hour two. Dowd, uh, set up the next uh, couple hours of the show, if you will. I know I've been kept keep stepping over your subjects, but go ahead. No, uh, you know, from yesterday, I just didn't want to miss out, uh, and if we have time today, to discuss uh, what may be coming to you, ladies and gentlemen. If your toddler has friends, uh, if, you, if you're white and your toddler has friends that are Minimal, exclusively white, your toddler is a racist. Uh, we'll, we'll, that, that's a wonderful piece. That's wow. over in the, in the UK. It's probably coming our way. I'm uh, going to have an update on pot in Tucumcari. We know that Mr. Oh. Aragon has a, a, yes. a familiar and heart connection to Tucumcari. And oh, no. uh, it's a, I hope it's good. Uh, well, I don't think Mr. Aragon's oh, no. going to like that. Uh, an update on the most corrupt member of the New Mexico legislature by my assessment. I mean, it's a, it's a tight competition, uh, but we'll be, we'll be talking about that. Uh, and also some Albuquerque stuff, but Albuquerque writ large extended to the country, uh, speed enforcement cameras and uh, banning tenant income discrimination. Whoa. Tell landlords what to do with their yeah. properties. There. Let's ruin their lives even more. The landlords. And we'll uh, <laughs> kick off the hour by uh, hitting your text for hour number one. There are a lot of them. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in here on this Friday or excuse me, Thursday edition. Tomorrow we'll have a special Friday edition for all of you. And dad will keep us uh, on task for the next two hours, including a review of all the uh, stories of the day. Thanks everybody for tuning in here. On AM 600K, the ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Flying on your motorcycle, watching on the ground, the knees you drop. You kill yourself for recognition, you kill yourself to never, ever stop. You broke another mirror. Turning into something you're not. Don't leave me high. Don't leave me dry.
I'm Tim Berg. The Arcos. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon. The Rock of Talk. I'm Eddie Aragon. The Rock of Talk on AM 1600. KIVABQ.FM. Rock of Hour 2 coming at you here at the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Citrus SoundCloud and Spotify. Don't forget, you can also. Download the app at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. And uh, Dowd, I know we've got, uh, we said a lot to get to. Let's let's jump into that Tucum Carries tonight story and okay. what's going on uh, over there in uh, Tucum Carry. Well, uh, it gives me no pleasure to announce uh, that, a, that, a, that a place that's uh, housed deeply in the heart of Mr. Aragon. And I, I love it out in Tucum Carry. Once you head out toward the plains out there, toward uh, the, the midsection of America, you know, the mountains fall away and you, and you head out toward the plains, toward the, the panhandle of Texas. I had a great, uh, great uh, green chili cheeseburger there when I was driving back to New Mexico a couple of years ago. Well, Tucum Carries, like a lot of communities in New Mexico now, they're going to be deriving apparently a lot of their economic development from weed. Uh, once again, I philosophically support the end of the war on drugs, but uh, I, I, I think it, it, it may come with some consequences that uh, are going to potentially make me re-examine my position. According to the local paper out there, the Quay County Sun, uh, one of the coolest sounding counties of our 33 counties in New Mexico, the Quay, spelled Q-U-A-Y County Sun, uh, Tucan Carey saw more than $35,000 in cannabis sales during week one of legal recreational marijuana in New Mexico. Now you might think, well, my goodness, how many how many dispensaries are out there? They must have, you know, at least a dozen. That was all from one location, one retailer, Buds and More on South First Street and Interstate 40, uh, opened uh, in Tucumcari on that day. Of course, I'm trying to remember. I think Tucumcari's original name was Six Shooter Siding, which was uh, an extremely cool name uh, as well. Uh, Tucumcari's uh, cool too. According to data supplied by the state's Cannabis Control Division, uh, I can't good, get good accurate data on uh, various fiscal policies, but the Cannabis Control C- Division can tell you how much weed is being sold and te- Tucumcari kind of tells you where the priorities are. Uh, total uh, 28,000 in adult use sales of cannabis and 6,000 in medical use sales through just through Thursday. That's a total of 35 thousand dollars local governments will receive uh, some of the 12 percent excise tax but at least uh, buds and more will not be have a monopoly on weed in uh, the great town city i should say of tucumcari at least six other dispensaries likely will open in the weeks or months ahead in that city uh boy Again, not a fan of the war on drugs. I think it's been a disaster, but I really wish some of our rural communities in New Mexico were prospering in other ways. I don't know that this is the ticket to uh, economic prosperity in our rural counties, which have been taking it on the chin and losing population for, for some time. So that's a lot now. That's a mixed feelings I need to report yeah. on this story. Mick, mixed feelings, but I know your feelings are very, very far from mixed. <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you, depression does something to, uh, to people, and they have a tendency to find other things to do. And, um, you know, there is a place that's not too far from there, and uh, it's called Anton Chico, New Mexico. <laughs> and there's a lot of economic depression around uh, those places, and there may not be very many dispensaries. So my thought is, is uh, do I want to go up the road to towards Texas or down the road towards Albuquerque? 
My thought is many of the people probably in the Santa Rosa and those areas probably headed a little bit further up the road, maybe, and made some purchases. So uh, I don't know that. Is there anything that's restricting where and how you can buy? Uh, you can pretty much just pick it up anywhere, correct? Well, I think their local zoning ordinances that they have some control at the local level about where where the sales can occur. I think I mean, it has to be I'm, I'm in Bernalillo County. I don't have oh, to buy oh, oh, in Bernalillo no. County. I can buy anywhere in the state, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just, yeah, so we don't have any dry counties that I know of. <laughs> that would be my thought. Uh, I think is kind of you know that there's other places and it's a lot of people venturing off off the. Uh, <clears throat> there's other ways to phrase it than the way I would have expected to have phrased that one. But uh, they journey in, and I think they do it. All right, what else we got, Dowd? Uh, some Albuquerque issues. Uh, I'm going to start, if you don't mind, Eddie, with uh, the, yes, tenant, the tenant rights ordinance. Well, you know, when it comes to real estate, I always defer to Mr. Aragon. Uh, this is something that was kind of new to me, and I, I'm a little, frankly, a little surprised that it's even allowed. Landlords, and of course, we've all heard of the Section 8 that Corporal Klinger wanted to get out of the army on, but the uh, Section 8, as it relates to the modern era, relates to subsidized housing. I guess you can get up to 70% of your of your housing subsidized through the Section 8 program. I didn't know it was that high. Um, and as someone who's filing my taxes at the last minute, I always think about how much I'm paying for all of that. The lefties are getting together in the great city of Albuquerque, and you can always count on Source New Mexico, our soy boys at Source New Mexico, to cover all of the best emerging left-wing policy at the state, at the local level, and uh, they, they outdid themselves again. Eddie, I love the picture they run whenever it comes to housing issues at South Source New Mexico. They put up uh, Cree Walker, a uh, young lady uh, who has gotten into some trouble in her life. She is a Section 8 voucher recipient, and the picture depicts Cree... Uh, they've run this with a bunch of their articles, uh, as well as her four children, four, four, count them, is it one, two, three, four children, 12, seven, six, and five. One of the one of the little, little cherubs has a, uh, looks like to have a, uh, some type of expensive tablet, and they have a dog, apparently, so she has enough money to create four children, pay the dog's bills, but she wants you to pay for her uh, housing bills. The city basically is uh, going to be debating moving forward. It hasn't been finalized yet. Uh, they, they deferred this Monday night, or earlier this week. They postponed voting on this measure, uh, this controversial measure. Uh, Brooke Bassan, who, who is a mother, by the way. I, I don't know if you Albuquerquinos hey, uh, know this. Hey, uh, Dowd, Brooke is a mother. She's a mother. Uh, and, I don't know if you and, know this. And she's a mother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she ran for the city council as a mother and she was as elected mother. as a mother. And she's currently serving on the city council as a mother. At, at, as a mother. It yeah. will amend <clears throat> portions of the city's human rights ordinance. Now, the, the human rights ordinance already prohibits landlords from refusing to rent to tenants based on race, sexual orientation, disability. This proposed ordinance would add a ban on refusing to give a lease to any tenant who pays rent via Section 8 voucher subsidies and not just that subsidy, but other government sources of income such as Social Security, pandemic-related emergency rental assistance, or even gifts and inheritances. Now, it will come as absolutely no surprise that the army, the social welfare army, is out in uh, in great force lobbying for this. According to the uh, New Mexico Coalition to End homelessness and you always got to wonder about those organizations mm. how much how much do they really want to end it because of course their jobs depend on 
keeping it going. Uh, Andrea Paisano, there are at least 200 individuals or families in Albuquerque that are that have successfully received Section 8 housing vouchers, but some have waited for months or years for their 70% off uh, rent, only to be turned away at the door of some apartments or houses. That's uh, totally, totally unacceptable. As of Tuesday, there were 54 Albuquerque apartment advertisements on Craigslist that included the dreaded phrase, no section eight. Uh, now, it's one thing if you've got a lobbying organization, an activist organization that raises its own money. If you're a moonbat and you want to give to a left-wing cause, I don't I won't try to stop you. I won't respect you, but I won't try to stop you. How about you paying for this advocacy? Tori Jacobus, managing attorney, that's your public employee for the city's Office of Civil Rights, said Albuquerque has a history of leading the charge in New Mexico and the rest of the country when it comes to human rights. And um, our, uh, our our delightful counselor, Tori, here says that the city should lead once again uh, by example in this instance. Uh, so I don't know that that's someone who's working for the city and just sort of being an employee and managing uh, the, the Office of Civil Rights. Seems to me she's out there testifying and advocating for ordinances. That really makes her more of a, uh, of a, of a lobbyist. Uh, a spokeswoman for the Albuquerque Healthcare for the Homeless Organization, another advocacy group, said they did a survey and 176 landlords uh, who had fair market rate apartments for lease. Of them, only 35% said they were accepting Section eight subsidies. Um, I, you know, I think people know where I stand on welfare, but Mr. Aragon has forgotten more about real estate than I will ever know. And I will defer to him on this. Eddie, uh, seems to me the eviction ban has been a bit of a problem for landlords. And now we're going to create one more problem for landlords in Albuquerque. Well, I'll tell you, uh, not a good time to be a landlord. Uh, if, uh, you've got the government stepping in and, basically telling you how to run your business and telling you who you can and can't accept. Um, you don't want Section 8 people in your property, generally, by and large, if you have the opportunity to get it from somebody else who's going to peak to drive it higher. Section 8s are maxed out in terms of what they can give by the virtue of the fact that they have a finite amount of resources which are given to them from the government, which are allowing them to get X amount instead of the X plus Y that there might have uh, an opportunity to drive up market rates and create a higher yield for your property. I'd be interested to see what our sunshine man, who's a leftist over at, uh, you know, our apartment, you know, what our apartment broker, when he, when he steps in, I'd be interested to see what he has to say because yields are what drive the higher asking prices and then interest rates ultimately impact what's called a cap rate. And then a capitalization rate is driven by the year over year or first year earnings on an investment of a property. So, I mean, Let's just evaluate this from, hey, you, you invested in a property and we're the government and we're telling you that you are only allowed to uh, lease this property insofar as you, will, you force yourselves to offer it to these people first. It's like a first come, first serve and you almost have to give it and award them. So you're, you're basically becoming a, um, the, the word is frowned upon, but if you can't drive revenues for yourself, you'll become a slumlord and then you can only get so much. So you're trying to receive that higher yield for your property. This could be bad. Um, I, I understand the good soft hearted people and trying to make sure that there's not people out on the street and stuff, but uh, you're literally discriminating against people who have more money and 
for putting them out onto the streets or driving them out of market. It's stupid. Now, who introduced this again? I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot. Who? Oh, I don't think we have any. I mean, it's got to be, you know, the usual suspects, you know, Pat Davis or, or, or yeah, something like Pat that. Davis, Maybe Isaac, uh, Isaac Benton. But no, is it Benton? Yeah, the, mom, the, the mom hasn't come to a position yet. She doesn't know if she's for this or, oh, or against okay. it. So. Well, I believe after hearing this broadcast that uh, she has uh, come to a position and she'll be on my side of this and she won't be uh, Sonsa and uh, think of things in the other way and, and decide to support something as ludicrous as this. After all, she comes from money. She has money. Uh, she is a mom, uh, but she's married to someone who is a, a pharmacologist uh, who makes a significant amount of money. And if uh, her husband were to buy a property like this, and then I doubt he would be too cool about uh, who he could uh, be forced to, to lease his property to. So, well, Eddie, uh, I, I don't want to, yeah. I, I'm not a wealthy man myself, and I certainly, uh, I don't know, maybe if I had a different moral code uh, at various times in my life, I could try to apply for <laughs> Section 8 and when I was younger and even poorer, but... You would it, qualify. It, oh, well, you know. You know anything about I spent my whole life in the nonprofit world. I probably you know, would qualify. You know about, you know about Section 8? <laughs> not really. Not enough. Not, not as much as you do, that's for sure. Yeah, so... Um, there's Section 8. I drive by Section 8 apartments every day in the little, well, at least the last few days. And uh, it happens to be, you know, where I'm, I kind of grew up around that area. Um, and, you know, it's fixed income. And you could qualify if you could show that you're impoverished and needy. A lot of people, you know, they do disability, have food stamps, have Section 8 housing. I think Section 8 goes up to, I don't know what it is now, but I think you get like, Something like eight nine hundred dollars for Section Eight housing, maybe as high as maybe as high as eleven twelve hundred dollars. I don't know what it is now. It's pretty Sweet. incredible where the government just yeah, it's cheese and you got it. And then, um, what well, I think there's food stamps up to like a family of eight, which I think is crossing over the nine hundred dollars threshold, eight hundred dollars. I don't know what it is. I know it's like per kid, right? So you have that, and then the disability. If you factor that in with everything. Section eight disability plus that, I mean, you're clearing twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars So, um, and I think you just, you know, <clears throat> you show yourself to be a, in any way to qualify for that. If you were to have kids, you could, you know, definitely get section eight uh, type housing. So qualification, the qualifiers, I haven't looked it up in some time, but there are literally people who buy houses or family members that jump in and they have someone who's drug dependent um, for a long period of years and then comes off as disabled and they're able to crank the cash out of the government. I mean, it's, it's pretty sad. Well, I, I don't uh, and, and give me some time to flesh this thought out because some of the one of the best human beings I know on planet Earth is a high school graduate. Some of the mm -hmm. worst people I've ever met in my life have tons of money and multiple college degrees. So I'm going to preface that before I get into what I'm about to say. But sure. If you're potentially subjecting a landlord, if you're passing an ordinance, you know, you can't discriminate based on Section 8 housing and, you know, there's income eligibility requirements for Section 8 housing at the very broad level. OK, and remember what I just said, the best person I ever met has only a high school education. Some of the worst human beings I've ever met are super, super wealthy and, and highly educated. There is an association with wealth, income it's associated with kind of work ethic, you know, financial responsibility, your general mm -hmm. health. People who make good decisions in one area of their life frequently make good decisions in other areas of their life. It doesn't mean you're a better person. It just means that if you're forcing landlords to 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 not pay attention to this, uh, people who are in this, in, say, in the Section Eight pool, you're talking about a larger pool of people who 
you know, they're midnight movers, they're dine-in dashers, they're people with financial problems. Maybe they don't have a steady social life, family life, uh, work life. Uh, you're making the viability of that landlord's business, you're putting it much more at risk. That's just the simple reality, okay? Yeah, that, and I, and that's where you cross the line, though. See, I'm, this is a problem. Okay, so from a standpoint of looking at this as a business versus a need. So the left looks at this as a need. And so what's being offered here is you threw the word business in. They don't see that. If you have a house, somebody could live there and you're the a-hole who wants too much money for it. When you have the ability because you financed it, you're next on the line, you have to justify income um, for the house because a bank had to lend you the money to buy the house. And so you're only allowed to rent to people who, uh, and you have an annual income for uh, $23,650. For a family of four in New York, you could uh, still qualify for Section 8 and make $120,400. In San Francisco, it's $117,400. Uh, these are the qualifications. For a family of two, $27,000 for the household in order for you to qualify. Just think about that for a second. What you're telling the landlord when you uh, say that you're only allowed, you're literally removing the credit app. What does it mean in terms of investment for properties, driving up to properties? Um, you're not going to be able to go ahead and, and establish what's a, a sort of like a, a baseline maintenance and level of, um, uh, if you were in a hospital, level of care, I guess you could say, grounds, you know, obviously you have a mailbox that's safe, that's locked, uh, but a laundry room where you go in and that works, um, you know, sprinklers that turn on, um, you have, you know, gates that are, are properly paint, painted and open and shut. You know, imagine if you're only leasing the section out eight people, you have to dig into your own pockets to provide all these things that are ADA compliant or uh, level of safety that you'd have to get. And remember, you also have to carry the liability insurance for the people who are also on your property in the uh, what's called the common area. So, you know, this is uh, a slippery slope. So if, if you don't know where you're at on this particular issue and you're having a hard time understanding uh, what you're doing to someone who owns a property, imagine if you're coming into that property and trying to buy a property and forcing that person to guarantee that level of service. But at the very same time, you're not guaranteeing their level to be able to provide that service in an area that has anywhere from 5%, 20%, 50% year-over-year year growth because of the inflation. I mean, they, the guy wouldn't be able to fix the dishwasher for less than $300, and you're telling him he has to. you have to dig into your pockets for a guy that you're not sure is going to be able to go ahead and make the uh, make ends meet. And that, and that Section 8 check, I don't even know how that works. I totally don't know how that works. But I believe that they receive a Section 8 check, and then they deposit it, and then they pay it out. I don't think it's paid directly to the landlord. I don't oh, think so. Okay. I don't know enough when it comes to that, but I would want it. I, the only way I could feasibly even seeing achieve this is if the Section 8 is paid directly from the government directly to the landlord and guaranteeing them an income to make sure that it didn't make a dip into a checking account and never got paid. Sure. The rent sure, got sure. paid. So, you know. Well, and, and on, the, on the activist side, these sure. are the same people who are constantly wagging their fingers about unaffordable housing. And then when it comes to pressing for policies that will put more burdens on existing landlords. And I would say, you'd probably agree with me, discourage people from making investments in this particular industry. If it's only going to be more regulated and more controlled, uh, the hypocrisy of those people, 
I, I will never understand how but I don't know that. Ideas. Yeah, I don't know that it necessarily prevents people because the market is so hot. I, I just think that people would convert it and they would okay. just oh, okay. turn it into, we'll just turn it into condos. You'll just, you'll, you'll, you, the way to kind of remove yourself from all this is to buy a property and do what's called a condo conversion and oh. immediately kind of minimize it. I go to the city, get the planning. Yeah, I'll guarantee the Section 8 housing for a year or two, but I'm kind of minimizing it. And if these guys can't buy it, I'm kicking their asses out. And I'm going to sell oh, it individually. <laughs> no, I mean, you're making no, it. No, no, hey. In the long run. Bottom line. Yeah, in the long run, you're actually going to make housing that much more unaffordable. Because then, inevitably, these people who never get themselves to a point where they can purchase a home, right? They, they, they won't be a homeowner. They can't qualify for certain things because... You know, they, they almost don't exist in a way, uh, except to, to, to the government who's going to turn around and give them, you know, the money that they need for them to uh, kind of go hand to mouth. Uh, you're going to find property investors who say, well, I don't really care. Uh, I'm going to buy the house or the apartment. I'm going to buy the apartment complex anyway. And uh, to hell with these guys. I'm going to do a condo conversion and I don't really care to deal with these. I'm just going to sell it off. I'm just going to flip it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the prices, you know, kind of, you know, kind of go in, in that direction now. So. It's going to make it more unaffordable. It's just a matter of money will figure out ways to avoid the problems that government will create. It always does. Well, the inefficiencies, <laughs> I think, is the better way to do it. But it's more long and drawn out. So you just, yeah. You know. yeah. Well, the great uh, supply-side economist Jude Winiski many, many years ago uh, in the 70s, he talked about the government wedge, which is so much more than just a tax. I mean, you think, you know, it's tax, it's income tax time. People are thinking about income taxes. It's like all that government money, uh, the government money, the government takes all that money out of my pocket. He said, you got to really look at the whole wedge in terms of productive, allocative efficiency in the economy that's that's removed by government policies. It's so much more than just the tax, the the, the check you write to government every year. It's so much more than that. It's the malinvestments that are made. It's the investments that are never made because there's, you know, people are more disincentivized to do something. Uh, It's not just the taxes, folks. That's why those of us who are advocates of limited government, we try to Look at the whole picture. Uh, if you're happy about paying your income tax, folks, maybe you'll be really happy about paying your speeding ticket because uh, in Albuquerque, coming up on the 25th, so I guess that's what, just 11 days from now, yep. the cameras are going up. The automated speed enforcement, uh, I guess it starts up April 25th. Now you will... Uh, wait, wait, month- who brought us these? Was it? Was it a... Was this a mother... I believe um, a mother uh, may have. I believe she was an advocate yeah. of this. Yes, yeah, big yes. advocate of. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, sure. We used yeah, to have the, the uh, you know daddy state. Now we have the mommy state. So I believe the mother brought these. Uh, to uh, brought it to our really highly effective mayor, who's presiding yeah. over such a paradise that is that is Albuquerque. You know, one more reason to flee the city. So uh, warnings for the first month until May 25th. Uh, then you get a hundred dollar civil fine for the. Uh, for the offense, the city claims that the new automated speed enforcement, it's data-driven. Of course, that's what our, our friends on the left, they they, they, they always say, oh, it's just, we're all about the science and the data. I mean, because anybody who disagrees with us is just, you know, doesn't agree that two plus two equals four. Now, I guess, at least for now, they're targeting hotspots and the Vision Zero coordinator, Valeria Hermanson. Oh, there's so many good gigs with the city. Why, why the hell do I do what I do? I, I got to go work for Mayor uh, Mayor Pretty Boy. Uh, she said, with the help of automated speed enforcement, uh, speed safety cameras, that's what we really call them, uh, we can curb speeding, influence better driver behavior, and help create safer communities for everyone. Now, they're talking about, let's see, along Gibson, that has been an area targeted. My question is, why don't you just, if you're targeting the hotspots, why don't you just put cops there? Um, I, I'm not a 
kooky, crazy libertarian privacy guy, but I'm not really super comfortable with the automated, you know, red light cameras and the automated speed enforcement. I think we're kind of in a danger zone here. And if they're going to target the hardest areas and the worst offenders, how much more time before they start to, you know, that slippery slope gets a little slipperier and slipperier and they catch you going 38 and 35 and you're a solid citizen, taxpaying citizen, you got a small business that employs 23 people and you pay taxes through the nose to the state and the federal government and the local government, and you're going to get an automated civil penalty in the mail. Uh, call me a skeptic on this one. I think Albuquerque's got a lot of problems and I'm not really sure how many problems these uh, devices uh, will solve, Eddie. I'm all for targeting the crazy 100 mile an hour speed racer guys, but I'd really like the cops out doing that. These Physical will not human be on beings. The freeways, correct? They'll only be in town? Apparently so. Yep. Yeah, well, I don't have nothing to worry about. So, I mean, I, I drive slower than molasses. In fact, <laughs> I maxed out at uh, 20 miles an hour in my scooter. Uh, well, that's I'm, true. Yeah. Then, uh, the Segway. Yeah. You know, the, on the Segway. The nine bot. The nine bot. <laughs> we got. Uh, a lot more to get to. Down. Uh, what's up next here on this Thursday edition of the Rock of Talk? Uh, yeah, we're hope, hopefully get to the your toddler is racist thing over from the UK. But I also want to talk a little politics uh, when we get back because Andrea Romero, and I'm going to actually tie it back to a guest you had earlier this week, Eddie, and show the listeners how in politics money follows power. Uh, mm. and Andrea Romero oh, wow. is a wonderful example of this. Well, there we go. I and mean, that's all we needed is just uh, Andrew Romero to. That'll let us know how the political world works. So we'll do that uh, when we return from break right here at the bottom of the hour. 529 right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Back in four. Better be careful, folks. Uh, your time to speed is between now and the 25th, and then you'll now get random mail warnings. Who checks the mail anymore? That's what I got to know. used to be used to work for it and uh you did your own thing and you'd read the bible daddy made sure he had enough love and uh well uh, the family was all together but that's the way it was for happy birthday loretta lynn 90 years gorgeous woman uh, inside and out truly and uh i'm gonna try and head to nashville in the month of may to try and get away and and uh yeah i've got some 
just trying to do some remote broadcasts. I'll be visiting uh, Miami this next week, um, particularly some of the areas that are getting redeveloped and uh, looking at what they're doing. Miami is kind of a study in contrast, uh, real estate wise, uh, for sure. And then uh, Washington, D.C., uh, got to go there for a couple of days. So I'm going to be checking out things out in D.C. Uh, near the end of the month. So we'll be a few days there to a couple of remote broadcasts. See if we can see if we can uh, bang on some doors over there without uh, getting um, uh, on the January 6th list. Is that even still a thing? I don't even know. Uh, and then uh, maybe try to head off into uh, Nashville and uh, see what is so amazing about the Tennessee and Nashville economy. Although they're trying for public funds for a stadium doubt. Um, I don't know why they're doing that, but not, not good. So I think uh, we've got to get out and see the world folks. I hope you guys are getting out and seeing the world. Uh, I don't know if you know or not, but I'm going to teach you about some other things that you guys can do for the summer to sort of get out and about before the impending lockdowns. I'm getting texts already about, Oh, it's coming folks. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, Might be. Might be. All right. Let's get into uh, all your texts. Thanks everybody for texting and thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Thursday afternoon uh, as well. It's going to be fun. Tomorrow's special program. We've already told you um, about that. Uh, don't forget to sign up for the Rock of Talk Daily Blast. I believe you get 30 days, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for free. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Dowd, that's Dowd's business. He does that, <laughs> and that's his deal. So it's up to him what he and I, does. I, It's a business, and I really appreciate all of my customers. And, Eddie, I think yep. we're our gross annualized revenue, the – Silicon Valley computes your, your it. Your gross ad annualized revenue. Well, right. They, I, they, uh, they do all that computation. They, in a way, Eddie, I almost think the analytics world is all, is, it's, it's, they do too much for, you know, they throw too many metrics at you. It's like, I don't need to know 37 different stats on how we're doing, but they recently recomputed the uh, gross annualized revenue. I think we're two subscribers away from having our record gross annualized revenue. So folks, over the weekend, if I can get two more subscribers, we will be at record numbers. All right, good. If you guys can help uh, Dowd out with that, that is uh, his uh, his baby, rockoftalk.chat. Please subscribe, and that all goes directly to the DDowd3000. You want to support the Dowd3000, best way to do that is uh, subscribe to the hard work that he puts out there every single day. And, you know, it is his his his, his, his business. There's uh, buckets of cash, and that's what he does. And the radio is its radio, and the people who support the radio are our advertisers that support your listening allow you to do it and we have some a number of new advertisers that have just come on um thanks to uh jeffrey candelaria and thanks to uh rudy grande who handles all of our uh, advertising sales now which is cool he loves doing that by the way and the the traffic it just got to be you have to understand rudy's been in 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 radio since 73 1873 (laughs) Oh, Dowd. Oh, Dowd. Rudy knows I love him. He I knows. know. He does. Uh, we got to get together sometime soon and uh, get everybody together. We got a lot of uh, information coming on the Section 8 housing. Uh, also from the Daily Blast, uh, this day in music history, Presley, uh, yeah, Elvis and Shelley Faberis opened in theaters. Girl happy. I might check that out. Uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney recorded The Ballad of John and Yoko. Uh, and actually a pretty good song probably a terrible title you will skip it every single time just because everybody hates yoko true, true. yeah I, I think it didn't become a top 40 or a top uh, 10 hit because uh it literally had yoko's name in it um <laughs> it was actually banned from any radio stations as being blasphemous uh yoko was uh i don't know it's uh, probably in some other language it's uh it's i think it's haitian for satan if i'm not mistaken uh, appropriate 1970 credence Clearwater revival made its uk debut playing the first of two nights at the Royal Albert Hall, of course, the Beatles sang about that uh, as well. CCR, uh, not from the South, even though you might think that it is. 
uh, likely because of its name, the Revival, all from, from California. And that Southern Fried Rock is from California. Uh, 71, Illinois Crime Commission issued a list of drug-oriented records, including White Rabbit. Some pill makes you nervous. And a wider shade of pale by Procol Harum, which I don't understand. Um, you know, Dow, that's one of the few songs. Um, Vestal virgins leaving for the coast. I was feeling kind of seasick. Crowd, what what is the song about? Do you know? Have you ever looked it up? It's Why just it's it? just trippy, man. It's just trippy. Just let it be. Let it be what it is, man. Let it be. <laughs> oh, yeah, Proco, man. Who named the guy Proco? Is that a real name, or is that a prescription or something? Two thousand nine. George Harrison was honored with a posthumous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. McCartney attended the unveiling, joining Harrison's widow Olivia and son Donnie D H A N I, as well as Eric Idle, Tom Hanks, and Tom Petty away from all that stuff. So all that more there on your a daily blast that you get each and every day at four in the morning as time permits. All right, let me get to all of your uh, texts. Really smart guys. You guys, I appreciate all your feedback on all this. Um, okay, Jonathan texted and he says, <clears throat> oh my gosh, I, you guys are funnier than me. Can somebody come in and host this show for me? Because you guys got more humor and more laughs and chuckles than I even have, Doug. Uh, the Fitness Center will officially reopen Monday, April 18th at 6 a.m. Workout appointments will need to be scheduled by calling 350-2401. Health screenings and enrollment will be required prior to reserving a one-hour scheduled workout appointment. I'm not kidding. Health screenings and enrollment will begin, just tell me if you know where I'm talking about, will begin on Thursday, April 14th at 8.30 a.m. COVID safe practices in place will include provide full proof of up-to-date vaccination, Face masks will require to work out in temperature and symptoms screaming, screening, <laughs> screaming. I like the screaming better. Like Please bring vaccination card to your health screening appointment, screaming, your health screaming appointment for verification. If there are any questions, please call the number at the Pueblo of Laguna Fitness Center reopening. Eddie, today I drove from Rio Rancho, Las Vegas, Nevada. Signal came in strong, no static, spotty between Kingman and Vegas. Once in Vegas, I could hear great like if I was in Albuquerque. What hmm. is going on? Somebody helping the Kiva along. Are, they, are the, are the uh, Martians real? real are we beaming them up, Scotty? I think we are. That's amazing. Greg's Nutty was awesome when you had him on. He has my vote. Gotta have, gotta have the money. I have the money. I think that's good. I guess he's good. He got some money. And, uh, um, let's see. As a former real estate owner. Ooh, Dowd. Here we go. Good. This is from David. Yep. Mask mandates are back in Philadelphia. Expects, expect masks soon in New Mexico. Allow Section 8 if she has her tubes tied. Wow. <whistles> do, I, do I put my phone down now? Later? When do I do this? <clears throat> Allow Section 8 if she has her tubes tied. I mean, literally, we don't care about people's reproductive health. That's that's them on their side. Be careful about it. Anything south of the equator, you're not interested unless you're married to it. And even then, you probably don't want to ask questions because um, then south of the equator is... Uh, the, anyway. greatest, the greatest customer comment of all time at Applebrook Farm in Broadbrook, Connecticut. My cousin Paul was waiting on a little old lady and he, he said, oh, how, are you, how, are you, how are you doing, ma'am? And she said... Uh, Above the waist, fine. Below the waist, I don't want to talk about it. And uh, in his head, not he didn't say it out loud, 
yeah. my, uh, my, yeah. my, co- my cousin Paul, who, who, who was an educrat for many years, and now he oh, works yeah. in financial services. We finally got him in the private sector, and I'm so okay. proud of him. Uh, in his head, he said, well, that's really nice, because I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's uh, remind our listeners uh, today is uh, ex-spouse day. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> also, uh, National Gardening, Gardening Day. <clears throat> Very difficult word to say. What? Don't tell me you have not bought the Manscaper. It's very popular now. Those uh, yeah. <laughs> the metrosexuals are out there, right? You know. What are you? Are you trying? Are you telling me I'm a metrosexual? <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> no, no, not if I know it's good for me. Look at this. I got version three. This is version Ooh. four okay. and version three. Mm. Are you kidding me? Look at this. The, the thing I so the version three you can travel with. Okay, it's got the little things at the bottom so you could plug in. Okay, got a lower sound. Yeah, lower, vib- heard, low, heard lower vibration. Yeah, yeah. Have you, you've you've been talking to all your friends at the gym these days yeah. about oh, uh, yeah. the latest uh, goings yeah. on. With- <laughs> We Doesn't can do scare this. the dog when you click on the electronic. We can do this show on a on a Thursday, by the way. I was looking like this. I'm, uh, and then the higher vibrating four, which is significantly louder. Oh, okay. so the problem is, is this one's a non-traveling model. Okay. Oh. Yeah, but it's supposed to hold a charge longer because it doesn't go off. Okay. Um, like a female, uh, a female helper in in your baggage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, men, you don't want this to go off. Did I tell you? Like, if you get on a plane. You have a water bottle and there's like a half an ounce. Any, oh, yeah. Any liquid, they will literally just confiscate your water bottle. Oh, yeah. I had two Brita water bottles confiscated for me in the last year. Ridiculous. So there it is. Version, just for those of you at home, version three and version okay. four. There you go. Right. Very good. Better make fun of me on that. I'd love to hear. hear uh, Manscaping update on, on a Thursday. <laughs> well, no. I used to use the, uh, I used to use the wall. Oh right, I heard that. The wall, it's yeah, the yeah. old time trimmer. Okay. And that that was that was for that was for the North Pole though. Yeah, so I don't know if you've you ever you probably have watched. I don't go to the dome. Yes. Yeah, you know, I haven't had a haircut in how many years? <laughs> I don't think that my parents are going to be particularly happy about today's program. But um it's okay. I mean, you know. It's maybe one Third, the audience of normal because it's a Thursday and people are you know heading out to, on Easter and stuff like that. There. Is it just do you have a simpler life when you shave it off, Eddie? Is it just is it just like you don't have to worry about combing and brushing and washing? Can we be more and- specific since we're uh, within a minute, and sometimes people get their wires crossed on certain okay. things, and I don't want to okay. have to go explain this later on to mm-hmm. anybody else. You know, it's just like one of those things. So, uh, you mean uh, is what simpler when uh, the I full shave Bruce it? What's Willis the dome? The full Bruce oh. Willis dome, yes. Negroes, golden wide cooler. We're <laughs> Bruce. He's not acting anymore. If you don't respect yourself. <laughs> Bruno. He called himself Bruno. Remember back in the day? He had his own recording uh, contract. Yourself. Yeah, that's na, right. Na, 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 na. yourself. He, he. Is it he, 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 he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruno, Bruno. I'm fastidious everywhere. Oh, he is. Eddie Aragon is very fastidious. Yes. <laughs> Roll them. Rolls. Sorry. Metro Man, Scooter, and Trevor. Oh, yeah. Like, you're not going to recognize me. It's like, who's the guy? Who's the domestic terrorist? 
a domestic terrorist. He looks like he looks like the Unabomber out on the street. You know, he's like, I've got the scooter, I've got the trimmer. You know, I got a. It's funny. I'm out Tim Kellering. Tim Kellering. <laughs> yes. No, you have Pardon to have scarves to be name. Tim Keller. A lot What's of that? scarves. And he's very into hmm, scarves. No. <clears throat> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get ascots. That's what I'm going to do. Ask very next move. I'm going to yep. do the ascot. You know, the like three Fred, ways. Fred from the Mystery Machine. You know, he always had that nice ascot. Was that an ascot? I, I thought it was, it was just it? Uh, Thurston Howell. Oh, Thurston yes, 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 yes. You know, you tie, um, I think you do a foreign hand, if I'm not mistaken, with the ascot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You put on your ascots. And, you know, the, the ascot is better than the tie. A, because nobody wears it. So a-holes like me can pull it off. B, it's a little high fluty in that, like, what the hell do you have underneath there? Well, I've got a fancy handkerchief that looks way better than your stupid tie that you don't even know how to tie. Like, unless you're going full Windsor or half Windsor, like, unless you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody get dressed anymore? Have you been out there? Like, oh. I came in because I had to do, you know, belt and suspender suit and tie walking in millionaires, bi millionaires, billionaires. Eddie, you're going to be talking to these people today. Do you know how to sell them? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Walk in with a Starbucks, uh, act like I was there early, arrive fashionably late, and act like I don't give a crap about their deal, and then tell them that this is the greatest deal. I would get it for myself, and then walk out with the deal. Then they follow me to the deal. They want conspicuous consumption. The key to sales, be the thing that you're selling, and then pretend like you don't want it. Huh. <laughs> be the thing you're selling and pretend you don't want it. All right. That's right. You. Uh, no, nobody dresses anymore, Eddie, and I can't no, really say. I can't say I'm. Great in that regard, but I walked into Albertsons yesterday, yesterday oh, morning. The guy in front of me, pajama bottoms on. Oh, you know? he's schlepping in. Oh, the wife sent me in for American greeting spaghetti. Uh, oh, what? You guys don't take cash anymore? Wait, my wife does this cool thing with her phone where she waves it in front of the... Do you guys have that? <laughs> Can I trade you for some cool what? gummies? We don't have, where's the plastic bags, man? <laughs> You know, I have what? When do they do that? Oh, I don't know. I got to catch. I'm trying to catch up on my fantasy. The guy be, the, the girl, the girl behind her, and she's got pink across her ass. And the oh, yeah, uh, uh, what? No, what? I know. I just she's got pink across her ass. She just oh, came yeah. from Victoria's Secret. She's looking at that guy. She's like, "Well, I'm I'm going full lesbo after this action." <laughs> the, the line. <laughs> totally, we're family friendly here at the Kiva. The Kiva. God. Uh, would bringing back the poor house be a possible solution to what? Hmm. Homelessness. Yeah. Was there an actual place called the poor house? Oh yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the, the best book you'll ever read about the charitable sector this, in this country is called, um, Oh, the tragedy of American compassion by Marvin Olasky. And he, he goes back in time. I, mean, and, I don't and, need more. I don't need more reading material now. I've got oh, it. The that's tragedy of what? <laughs> uh, the tragedy of American compassion by Marvin Olasky. Uh, he goes back and he really traces how charitable entities dispense their charity in the past. Uh, most of them were so you'd have like the alms house for the Irish Americans, or you'd have you know Jewish Mormon Catholic societies. But what he noticed more than anything else was that. They did not give away sleeping quarters and food for free. They expected people to work for it. Even if you were out in the hallway, sweeping the hallway for half an hour, they expected you to do some kind of work if out chopping wood. And there was a real spiritual side to this. They would make you sit down and listen to a Bible lecture. Uh, and, and so 
This what is tenement did, halls. You're uh, talking yeah. about tenement halls philosophy then, yeah. right? Uh, and what he did in the modern era is he dressed up like a homeless person and he went around to all these shelters yeah. and he compared what he was reading about back then versus what they did now. And his argument is in the past, charitable entities respected the total person. You were a mind, a body, a soul. You weren't just an open hand or, or an empty mouth where they just give you stuff. Right. It was more of a transactional thing where they would try to lift you up out of alcoholism, out of poverty. They expected you to chop wood. They expected you to listen to Bible lectures or you wouldn't get those benefits. And then, of course, the welfare state came along and all that just collapsed into nothing. I visited the tenement halls uh, in New York. And what you just described is exactly those things that made the immigrants great. Uh, when they came in, you know, they discarded the people who didn't want to kind of get involved with, you know, uh, the Jewish houses, the Italian houses, the yep, Irish yep. houses. And yep. like you had a certain behavior that you had to exhibit in order to your your behavior was the qualification. Yes. Yes. And I think that's is that what you're alluding to here or uh, excuse me, what Malaski um, was. Uh, they, they dispensed benefits, but it was at a cost. You're a human being. You can right. give something back. We I are expecting this. more of you. There is a PDF of this, Dowd. Would you share it on the uh, the links? This would be good. We'll get this out. We'll get all the shows out uh, here. The Tragedy of American Compassion. Brilliant book. Brilliant it book. is a PDF here, 320 pages. I'm going to delve into this. Um, damn it. Damn it. I was on my, you know what the great thing about the, because um, I'm, I'm getting tired of buying books and then getting halfway through and, and not wanting to like read the rest of the book. No, it's, it's, it's a problem with my, my uh, Amazon Kindle is now I can just put on the PDFs on the Kindle. I just have to drop it into a box and boom, it's all right there. And it comes up the same way the regular normal Kindle does. Oh. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, what that, what, what that book taught me, Eddie, was that the, today's liberal, and they claim to, you know, we're all about compassion and fairness. We're all about yep. compassion and fairness. I really don't think, given, given how successful charitable efforts were in the past, non-governmental charitable efforts, yep. I don't think that these people care about the people they claim to care about. Yeah, I would agree. They, they care about feeling good about caring about. Well, they people. care about their resume. Notice yeah. that like I was just looking at, well, I was just looking at Heather's Heather Ferguson's common cause resume yesterday after you mentioned that she was at that Monday meeting and we had to start cyber stalking her. <laughs> so we went to uh, Heather and, Oh, it's like, oh, it's like she took out the, the 95 edicts there. Uh, here's all the wonderful things I've ever done. Look how wonderful right. I am. That's right. And she probably goes to parties and drinks wine and she's all, look at everything I've done. I've done all these wonderful things. That's about what they care about. That's the extent to which they care about it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it's that far. As far as they go, it's, oh, where, where can I find you? And it's not a resume, sorry. <clears throat> where can I find your CV? Oh, very mm. important. Yeah. Oh, what is the this? best people have CVs, not resumes. CVs. CVs. They don't have resumes. Your CV. CVs. CV. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm gonna uh, wear my ascot to the next liberal party, and I'll, and I'll ask them about the four different ways in which you tie an ascot. Does anybody know? I bet you don't know. <laughs> I bet you don't know. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? I, I, I can tell you. You don't know. Four, the ascot is super cool, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start wearing it. I'm gonna start throwing a T-shirt on my scooter. With my Unabomber hoodie and my thing and throwing on an ascot, but I'm going to leave like the second leaf of the ascot flowing in the back. So mm -hmm. I'm flying down. So it looks like I'm going 100 miles an hour, like I'm a 1950s movie character. What do you think? I, I like it. Um, the thing Thank that you. I've been trying to bring back for a number of years, this was Dennis Miller's best joke back in the 80s. Um, 
remember the the cool guy, the young baby boomer, young adult baby boomer, who instead of wearing the sweater would flip the sleeves oh, in front and yeah, tie yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and and Dennis Miller used yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, "Honey, I, I don't really know what. I'm just going to tie this around me and, and think I look cool." Uh, that look v- vanished a long time yeah, ago. V- I'm trying to bring it back. Sweater with the uh, and the yep. guy that would flip it around, flip and it, it was always yep. a lo- love and marriage. He showed up all the time <laughs> with his wife. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, or, or, Chad always had to look good for Buffy at the swim club go. or the tennis club. Oh, yeah. we got it. Or Blaine, Blaine, <laughs> Blaine, yes. Blaine. or Blake, yes. Blake, Blake Chambers. Blaine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weekend we should here? just do a show for ourselves. What do you think? Let's just kind of focus <laughs> I thought that's on. what we always do. Uh, Are people listening there, to this? <laughs> what is there? People out there? I thought we were just in a room. Is this all it's about? Like Check. Hello. 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 I'm showing my manscaping shavers on, on I, it's not my proudest moment. I will admit, but at least, you know, we're totally transparent. The next thing. Okay. We got more. I think Pink Floyd members circa 1968 were wearing Ascot. Were they really? Mm. That would make them the coolest band of all time. I'd like to mm-hmm. see, you know, um, John Bonham with an Ascot playing the drums. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh, that's a total freak out right there. Uh, yeah, Metro Man Scooter Trimmer, uh, Laugh Out Loud, Slob City. Uh, maybe uh, the new name for Albuquerque is Slob. You know, uh, Tim Keller is always showing up. I guarantee Tim Keller is going to put on an ascot now that, you know, I taught Tim how to dress. Remember the sweater vest and all that kind of stuff? That's right. That's I didn't right. do the sweater vest, but if you look at me walking down the 4th Street, he's literally dressed just like me. But One Albuquerque, he's copied a whole bunch of Eddie Aragon. Oh, oh, the knots, tie knots, bro. Culture native. Use a bolo tie, the fat native tie. Oh, that's funny. You know who used yeah. the fat native tie all the time? <laughs> uh, Big Dick Richardson. Oh. Yeah, you don't remember that? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah that's all he yeah. did. That's all he could do. I always wanted to get the bolo tie and, run, and just like pull it like a lawnmower. In the backyard. <laughs> you ever seen that uh, movie Blaze? Blaze. Oh, my gosh. Dad, I'm going to drive you crazy. Paul Newman? Lita Davidovich. Oh, oh, oh. oh Blaze. They don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> oh, they don't make them like they used to. She was actually, she was better in a, uh, in a movie rather. I like the Blaze star, but it's a little bit too syrupy for me. I mean, I, I, no, nobody, lo- we don't love them whores. You know, we, no, we, no, nobody wants to see that. You know, they really just don't. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. They just don't. Lita Davidovich looked good in that movie. But she looks so much better in a movie with Richard Gere. Yes, American Gigolo. Is that hamster story true, by the way? I never knew. I would say it was the random, random legend. You know, just I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hamsters. Uh, the wheel. Uh, so uh, Lolita Davidovich was better in a movie called Intersection. Ah, with Richard, Richard Gere. Gere. Yeah, 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 I think it's a moody movie, Dow, that I think you would enjoy tremendously. Okay. Um, yeah, you got to watch it. Uh, she plays the uh, sordid love interest of of Richard Gere, who's going to kind of reach. You know, he kind of comes to this. He, he's 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 kind of scooting between his ex wife and uh, his life that he's left behind, and he's a successful architect. Uh, what what what? Anything is Richard Gere not completely, totally successful in. That's Any right. Thing. He's like, he never plays a homeless guy. <laughs> in his breakout role, That's right. Richard Gere plays a mentally deficient. Uh, That's right. 
<laughs> like he's typecast for that shit. Did he ever get uh, you know nominated for an Academy Award? Oh. Like him and Tom Cruise. I think he's like the backfill for Tom Cruise, right? Although he was very good in the best dog movie of all time, Kinji, I think is what it was called. Did you ever see that movie with no. a dog that waited for him? What? Oh, oh you've got to you've got to do a Richard Gearathon. Uh, okay. Blessed with the, um, and by the way, this whole entire little tangent evolved from uh, me and a Bill Richardson bolo tie, pulling it like a lawnmower because I wanted Dowd to watch the part where Paul Newman walks out to his lawnmower because he's the great, the great governor of the state of Louisiana, Earl Long. You know, and he's like, oh, it's hilarious. You've got to watch two hours of that just to kind of do a crazy. And then Earl Long walks out after make a love to love Lita Davidovich with his cowboy boots on because he gets better traction. And he walks out to the lawnmower and he shoots it. <laughs> <laughs> That's back when politics was much more interesting than it is today. He goes out, he shoots the, he shoots, <laughs> he shoots the lawnmower because it wouldn't start. Anyway, uh, in your Richard Girathon, um, I would include uh, in that, I, throw in Pretty Woman. Uh, that that's a keeper, definitely. Especially uh, Julia Roberts with the blonde hair. That that's a look. That's a look, and can't pull that off any longer with the little hoop, up and down, um, you know, uptown downtown uh, skirt thing that she had going on when she was working the streets. And then uh, you go into intersection, and then of course Blaze Blaze Star. It's about the governor of the great state of Louisiana who was having an affair with uh, Blaze Star. And it's a, it's a true story, folks, believe it or not. So, I don't know. You're looking for something to do? I'm sure some of you guys can watch The Passion of the Christ. Other you guys can watch The Passion of uh, Richard Gere or politics and all that stuff. So, uh, let's see. More text uh, coming in. I can go all day here. Let's see. Focus, Eddie. Focus. <laughs> focus. That's what I do. This is, this is the talk show that we do every single day. I just related like 12 different things into one like if you were to take the last four minutes of the show you got about four or five different subjects chock full of information on insight that you probably wouldn't get anywhere else and you're lucky to have got it it's just like you know money falling out of my mouth so i don't need to focus uh, hi eddie just wanted to uh put on your radar that the world health organization is trying to push the global pan and then we just see then we go straight back to the world health organization the cdc and uh Palmer. chimera and uh, venom see we can keep it fun or we can go to world health organization trying to push the global pandemic treaty which if ratified would allow these hypochondriacs i wouldn't call them hypochondriacs we're not characterizing them having actual fear their bigger fear is for donald the the virus known as the double donald trump itis to get out into the world again. That's their biggest fear. Well, I mean, a hypochondriac really, at the end of the day, only uh, annoys and enfeebles himself. Uh, right. They're policymakers. They go way beyond just themselves. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Uh, 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 let's see. Constitution, sovereignty. They're going to override all that. Charter rights to implement pandemic policy. More proof the world is run by sociopaths. Um, I'd say 90% of, so, of um, politicians are sociopaths. Mm-hmm. Maybe more doubt. Would you say very it's high? Higher? Very high. Very high. I think it's. I think it's even higher. Um, I'd say. I'd say. Um, I'd say five percent of talk show hosts are sociopaths. Um, I'd say ninety-five percent of them are mentally deranged. Pretty sure Section Eight goes directly to the rental management company, Eddie. Oh, okay. I direct deposit, but the house has to be inspected and repaired on a regular basis. Tenants can lose their Section Eight, and then the landlord has to evict. 
Oh, if they fail to keep it in good repair. Oh, they... wait. Wait, Dowd. This gets more interesting. Watch this. Cameras are everywhere in Phoenix, Scottsdale. They just take the picture, send you the fun. They're even on the freeway. Yes, that's that's different. <laughs> Here we go. So that last texter, wrong. Hope they moved to Knob Hill. Seems fitting for Section 8. People don't want to move to Section 8. That's right. Okay. Every, this is it. This is from an actual landlord. Thank you. In the uh, 254 area code. Where, where's 254? I don't actually know it. Normally, when I look at an area code, the city and state pops up in my head. What is 254? 254 is, is located in Waco Temple, Killeen. Oh, Killeen. Good people there. Colleen, Texas. Oh, that's deep in the oh, deep. heart of Texas. Yeah. yeah, we leave, but the accent doesn't. Accepting Section 8 isn't exactly easy, Eddie. You have to jump through hoops to pass government inspections in order to accept it. Every Section 8 applicant I've had for my apartments has had horrible credit, so <laughs> I go with an applicant with higher credit and who also happens not to require Section 8. As you should. As is your right to decide for yourself. Wow. America, America, America. Eddie, we're going down uh, on all that purpose planned and that filthy, wow, uh, weed-pushing, gruesome Democrat, loved S, will be voted for another four years and a Democrat forever, and then, wow. I love... Tell us how you really feel. That is your, that is your, that is your Twitter, that is your Twitter. <laughs> That's very good. Your Twitter lesson for the day. <laughs> Just splatter that on Twitter and see where it goes. I don't know where it goes. <clears throat> I burn sage, bro. Keeps away the wicked ones on on Good Friday. You know, it's not gardening, bro. It's gardening. <laughs> That's why it's tough for you, cause you're from Martinez Town, SA. <clears throat> I planted my barajenas. I have multiple green thumbs. E too. Dachshund means weasel hunt. Ah, I got a story for you, Dad. You know, listen to this. She's mother. So were Frank Zappa's mothers. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Same guy. Invention. Uh, longtime listener from Tucumcari, and father was from Anton Chico. I, I'm, I guarantee, I know every person in the city of oh, <clears throat> town, what village, and um, <laughs> Anton Chico. Small. Everybody knows each other there. I mean, I did, seriously, there was like three families there, and you know, at some, at one point or another, they all slept with each other. They didn't care if they were blood related or not. They had to, they had to break through, keep the population growing. Just, just the way it is. Sorry. It's uh, the Hispanic version of uh, Redneckville, wherever that is. And <laughs> no, truly. Okay. <laughs> if you're not, you got to know the culture. I can I can get away with that because I know it That's to right. be true because I'm related to people from Anton Chico. Absolutely. How did it even get its name? I've never thought about that until just this moment. 606 in the 505. All I know is the K-Bobs is no longer in Tucumcari. No, it's the KKK K-Bob. Right, the KKK <clears throat> two years ago r.i.p rest in peace thank you so much eddie for all your hard work looking forward to this friday show i've heard this snake thing from dr huge uh happy easter to you and your family from northern corrales oh that's sweet and i've got look at these i think this is a good look here look at these jack-o-lantern hey, easter go. i really like that all right easter lantern something? all right yeah there you go you can see that on rock of talk tv there it is Got to start charging for that app just so I can make money for people to say, "Hey, look, he shared it on Rock of Talk TV," and then I just I charge you to see your own pictures. <laughs> He's an evil one. Um, yeah, we could do this on Thursday. Tomorrow's a you know we're talking about snake venom and Friday, and you you can listen if you want. We're not going to be here, but we'll play. 
Just what we need, Eddie. Attorney general owned by the unions. Brian Colon. Beautiful. So grateful to continue to have the endorsement of every union we have engaged at AFTNM, at AFL-CIO, has a distinguished record. Look, Brian Columbus. Here he is. You know, that's what Cologne means, right? Columbus. Oh. Yeah, you didn't know that? Cologne. Wait a minute. He's related to the worst oppressor in world history? Oh, my gosh. He's paying for his sins by carrying the name and turning it in reverse with the most photographed man in all of New Mexico. Have you had your picture with the freckle-faced, red-haired Hispanic from Puerto Rico called Brian Cologne? Has a distinguished record of our service to our educational professionals, including my bride. He, he's even mentioning his girlfriend. No. Wow. Oh, his wife. Is that right. the girl? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. In solidarity. Oh, man. Anytime you see someone mention in solidarity, oh, serious, yeah. Yeah. serious commie. Yep. That's, uh, that's commie. Comrades. Comrades. Oh, my God. That's so bad. So bad. But hey, he is Brian Colon. He isn't going to get the governorship, but he will be the attorney general. He's going to kick ass. He's going to find you in the deepest, darkest crevices. He's run your phone number, the plates on your car. He knows every single police officer. He knows every single person in the state of New Mexico. He is Brian Colon. <laughs> that is, did, was that spot on? I think that was spot on. He, Brian Colon. Very good. Brian Colon. There he is. He's over there. Go take a picture. He's like Santa or Easter Bunny. Don't sit on his lap, though, because then he won't get voted in. Some Miha over there will, will call the cops on him or something. Elon tweeted, is Twitter dying? Did he tweet that? Uh, he's been tweeting a lot of things lately, yeah. Um, I don't think he should mix messages. I think that's bad news. Well, he's trolling. Uh, I, I just checked this out a second ago. He's troll. The Saudis don't want him to run Twitter, which is very oh, interesting. Okay, this is so – has anybody seen – this here's another movie, Dad. I hope you're taking down the notes on the movies I'm telling you to watch. Mm -hmm. Do you know how? Um, what's the guy that was writing for the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos went to his school. oh Khashoggi. Khashoggi. I think he went to Indiana University, University of Indiana. I don't know which comes first on that. These universities are so specific about their stupid names. Like, oh, it's IU. No, it's U of I. <laughs> oh, God, shut up. Um, Khashoggi. sort of reached this crescendo as he was battling the Saudis. Now, what did the Saudis do this year? It's incredible, right? Mass, a mass uh, decapitation, murder, corporal, you know, punishment, right? When they did that on their own population. Think about this. You have to watch this movie. What's the movie that uh, came out with Khashoggi? I went to the theaters to go see it. I had to see oh, it. yes, um, yes, the yes. Documentary. The Infidel or the, what was it called? It was amazing. It was an amazing movie. And so the reason why the Saudis are against this is exactly why the you dissident, the dissident, the, the dissident. Okay. Yeah. And this is, it, it, this is such a troubling movie. This will shake you to your core. Okay. The man goes in to the embassy to go get his papers so he can marry his new bride that he just fell in love with. Okay. He never walks out. Right. He never walks out of that embassy. In an embassy. In Turkey? I think it was an Istanbul. Yeah, I think it was in okay. Yeah. I could be wrong. You know, details are sketchy in my head. The crazy thing about this is they've got video of him going in. They've got him, his bride outside. They've got the whole thing. I believe they even have cameras on the inside. They have the, the mapping, everything. Okay. And the Saudis literally murder him. 
Yeah, according to numerous anonymous police sources, the Turkish police believe that Khashoggi was tortured and killed inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul by a 15-member team brought in from Saudi Arabia specifically for the operation. Okay, so what the Saudis did to Khashoggi is exactly why you should be cheering on Elon Musk. The Saudis literally leveraged, and why the Saudis are so upset is because... When it comes to, you know, Islamic terror, when it comes to the people who have funded Islamic terror, when the people who know how to create literally Twitter armies, the Saudis have it down to a science. Now, for whatever reason, the Muslim world literally leverages Twitter like nobody's business. And what Khashoggi was trying to do, he was trying to get the word out of what was happening in the Islamic world. Okay, it's kind of crazy. I mean, a lot of... People, you got to watch this movie. I, I'm not going to tell you anything that you probably aren't going to be able to derive from this movie. But what's important, the, the big takeaway here is they put all these people in a room, 1984 Orwellian style. They're all looking at a giant screen and they're looking at a map with all the different bounces of the pieces of the information. So the truth is what Khashoggi had. Khashoggi puts it up on WAPO, writes the article and has a few people with the actual story. In the meantime, the Saudis don't want to get embarrassed on the story, okay? And you can go get the story and the details on it. And they literally bury it 10 to 1, 100 to 1, 1,000 to 1, so that they could just swarm it. And it's literally how it works. Whether it's the Democrats swarming in this, it, it teaches you everything about social media. It was at that point at which I no longer wanted to be part of any social media when it could be manipulated in that way. Because there's no algorithm that can take away the sheer mass of people who are literally just propagandizing on a story and can bury Khashoggi and then killed the man. And there's no justice. There'll never be anybody who will ever have to serve a single day of their life for the murder of Khashoggi. Now, remember, Langston did a show on Khashoggi in the studio. I'm like, who the hell is this? Why am I, why am I talking about this? And, like, and, and Langston sort of went in the other way. Now, remember, Donald Trump... Um, <clears throat> God, I hate saying this. This is this is awful, okay? Donald Trump went to the aid of the Saudis during this time and not Khashoggi, okay? Khashoggi was, was affiliated with Bezos, okay? And this became propagandized. I don't think Donald Trump knew what he was dealing with in here. But I think where he would be at today is he would be on the side of, the, of Khashoggi. He wouldn't be on the side of the Saudis like he was back then because... Here he was trying to, and Bezos was on the side of Khashoggi, who was part of the Washington Post. It's something that is an education that every single person needs to see out there. Dad, I hope that you watch it. I don't know where you can pick it up. You know, I usually do when you recommend something, and specifically the General Magic documentary, I usually do within a couple of weeks watch what you recommend. This one has kind of fallen through the, the cracks, uh, Eddie, but it's it's uh, it's something I shouldn't be, uh, I'm not as aware of as I should be. This is the, this. I'll just tell folks a little bit about the exchange sure. today. Uh, this is the New York Post reporting. Um, I do know that Saudi Arabia is one of the worst places on earth. I mean, and no. and, the, and the American government, everybody in the American government, they're fine. With Saudi I think Arabia. women they just got, started driving like last year. Yeah, they're they're yeah, still yeah. throwing homos off the top of uh, yeah, off yeah. off the top of six story yeah. buildings. Uh, what Vladimir Putin is the greatest, you know, reincarnation of Hitler, and everybody in Washington loves Saudi Arabia. I mean, the, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. So Saudi prince. Al Walid bin Talal Al Saud. Ooh, oh my God! Wow. If, if the last name is Al Saud, you know he's, he's his important. entire heritage with that. <laughs> a billionaire who also happens to be one of Twitter's largest shareholders. Well, I guess he's not really down with Elon buying mm. 
uh, Twitter, quote, he tweeted out, quote, I don't believe that the proposed offer by Elon Musk comes close to the intrinsic value of Twitter, given its growth prospects. Uh, being one of the largest and long-term shareholders of Twitter, I reject this offer. Uh, Elon, uh, who likes to duke it out on Twitter, replied, interesting. Just two questions, if I may. How much of Twitter does the kingdom own directly and indirectly? And what are the kingdom's views on yes. journalistic freedom of speech? Oh. Oh. Yeah, watch that tonight. In fact, I would uh, delay the uh, Richard Gere uh, love, love fest and I would uh, immediately go to the dissident. Very cool. Um, and you'll, 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 Hear me now, believe me later. Yeah, I mean, you'll believe everything I have to say. Well, I mean, when you think about it, uh, Jack Dorsey, Big Tech, uh, Silicon Valley, Twitter, speech controllers, thought controllers, they have an awful lot in common with Saudi Arabia. I mean, they don't like a free exchange of ideas. No. Uh, according to Reporters Without Borders, Saudi Arabia ranks the, uh, they rank Saudi Arabia as the country with one of the worst records for press freedom. They frequently surveil and arrest journalists and... After the brutal murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, uh, according to U.S. intelligence, that murder was personally approved by the crown prince. <laughs> Go, Elon. Go, Elon. Go, Elon. <laughs> wow. <sighs> That's where we are. Yeah, the only places that would possibly be worse would be Myanmar, Congo, North Korea, Syria, and Tajikistan. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, this is unbelievable when you start looking at these, these stuff. And here we are. We're doing business with the Saudis. Uh, Big time. Literally, Donald Trump made us energy independent, even from the Saudis. I think he probably came to, and you know, didn't probably toot his own horn on on any of that stuff too much. But we were number one, then energy independent. Here we are giving money to countries like that. And if you think that uh, the Saudis are, are in any way good, you got it wrong. Uh, let's see, our governor from Alex Jones' site today. Let's see, campusreform.org. See what we got on here. New Mexico is paying college tuition for illegal immigrants with COVID relief funds. Oh, uh, there was a person who was a contractor, general contractor. I ran his plates. Um, I shouldn't say that. I did not run his plates, even if I did. There we go. We skipped that. Um, <laughs> uh, do you, yeah, I... Uh, I, something slipped there, and it's the fact that do you know that there's only two entities that could actually run plates officially? Who are they? Uh, let's see, a registered uh, private investigator, maybe? No, cannot. Not even them? Nope, they cannot. Wow. Who is it? Mm. Who could run your plates? Well, other than law enforcement? Um, wow. Easiest one. Like You would know it immediately. Other than law enforcement, who can run yeah. your plates? Who, who has access to that private every, information? Yeah, every single time they get into that database would be... Oh, it be tax assessor, right? I mean... No. No? Insurance. Oh. Yeah, insurance. Yeah, there you go. So those are the two people that can do it, but they can't disclose that to anybody, just so you know. <clears throat> I, I need to get my insurance uh, uh, license. Uh, sorry. Campus reform, there it is. Uh, Cologne is a heretic and he's excommunicated from the church. No, he has his uh, events over at the. He's he's Jewish, if I'm not mistaken. I think he uh, doesn't. Isn't he Jewish? I think he uh, is. But the Catholic Church loves him. I am also related to the people in Anton Chico. There you go. All right. Good. Everyone seems to know somebody. Anton Chico, no country for old men. You'll see pictures of the landscaper, Anton Chico, right there in the opening scene. 
where he's holding the gun. Yep. As a former real estate owner, I rented to people on section eight. Let's see. Oh, same. I think it's a different guy, actually. Yeah, the Section 8 payment goes to the renter who is then supposed to pay their rent with it. I had a problem receiving rent, and I had a problem with a Section 8 recipient destroying property and bringing down the property by the path. See, this is what I was talking about. The other guy, I believe this guy, because he's been texting me a lot longer, and he's got a lot of legitimate texts. I won't say his name, but he owns Section 8 properties or has rented Section 8 people. And he's not, and I guess the section eight person gets paid out. So I guess this is an incorrect from the other guy. Just heard an abortion of any kind of state you want of Oklahoma. You want to be charged with a felony. Yeah. They just passed that in Oklahoma. You saw that, right? Oh Any yeah. Abortion. Yep. Yep. That yep. was good. Yeah. So in New Oklahoma, every state is just taking all the good people out of New Mexico. Can't run folks. We got to make this place. Uh, as for Cologne, he is a, there was a profile of him regarding his involvement with the New Mexico Bar Association. He describes himself as a Puerto Rican Jew who runs a Roman Catholic professional men's group. The land of opportunity. <laughs> this town like one. Anyway, you could, you could watch Tony Montana and Scarface uh, later on. So what exactly did Musk do? Uh, he made an offer on, he made him an offer that they, that they will refuse, I should say. Yeah, 41, $41 billion, yes. Uh, well, the interesting thing, Eddie, as someone who's been reading a lot, th there's been a number of shareholder lawsuits filed against Richard Branson, and I've been spending the last couple of weeks just going over those huge documents. Uh, if the board declines this, I mean, they have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's right for the shareholders. If Elon has a good deal to offer them and they decline it, that opens up all kinds of avenues for litigation by the shareholders. So uh, more more trouble for Twitter's board that wouldn't wouldn't bother me a bit. What is Twitter? Does Twitter's board keep six feet of separation? Do they only meet on Zoom? Like what? what is, uh, what's their yeah. meeting policy? There has to be a meeting policy, right? Like any board that gets together at any time has to determine how they meet in as, insofar as what the agenda is. Did you know that? Well, every mask, board, while they're on the Zoom, they have the mask yeah, too. Every yeah, yeah. board, right? Any board that is any board that's any board that's any board out there has to determine how they meet, where they meet during the time. I think that's all important. Um, greetings, Eddie. The Saudi housewives are known for chopping off arms and throwing out of windows their impoverished housekeepers. What? I, I think there have been some some brutal treatment of in Saudi Arabia. They don't do any demeaning work because they're so damn rich and lazy. They just hire Palestinians, Filipinos to come in and do the dirty work for them. And I believe there's some a fair record of not great treatment by the people they consider beneath them. Have you uh, ever seen this movie? I saw a movie about uh, uh, about a woman who was alleged to have cheated on her husband. I think it was something about Soraya, I want to say. Did, did I tell you about that movie before? No, no, no. no. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. Something about Soraya. And she was stoned to death by her children. Oh. Well, wait, wait, wait. Um, this is what happens. This is Islamic law. Um, and, and so sort of maybe, is there such a thing as the more archaic, or I should say the, the more dedicated literal readings of the Quran, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, we are in, we are in Ramadan. I, I think in America, because we're lazy, we have a very monolithic perception of Islam. I mean, okay. Islam goes Fair from enough. Morocco all the way across the top of Africa into sure. the Middle East and then way down into the Pacific. The people, you know, 
Muslim practices in Indonesia are not the same as they are in Pakistan. Is not the okay. same as they are in Egypt. Thank so you. I mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the, you say. I appreciate you saving me there. <laughs> uh, the stoning of Soraya M is a yeah, 2009 Stony. Persian language American drama film adapted from a French Iranian journalist who wrote a book about yes, the stoning of this poor poor woman. My goodness. Yeah, she got stoned, and what they do is they bury the woman. I mean. You think crucifixion is a bad way to go? Um, this, this is uh, you actually shut off the TV uh, at the end of the movie when she gets stoned to death. When they're literally taking boulders and her kids are picking up the boulders. Dude, do you want to finish this? Okay. So that's all I can tell you. Okay. Yeah, you you can't get through that. That's a movie. Based on a true story, based upon a current practice in Iran. And uh, so glad John Kerry's family married into uh, Iranian uh, disciplined uh, Islamic privilege, I suppose. Uh, well, I, 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 will, I will leave it to the great uh, political satirist Mark Russell, who many years ago said, Shia Iranian Islam, uh, that's the moderate Islam where they only carry a grudge for eight generations. <laughs> Oh, boy. Dad, I feel like we're missing out on so much. I, th I feel like we set out the tragedy of American compassion. We covered uh, Richard Gere, uh, including Blaze and uh, lawnmowers and bolo ties and ascots and all sorts of things, folks. I can run it back to you all that you want. Uh, but for all the notes and the great show that you probably want to share or not share or think it's the worst show uh, because you think that we're not focused enough. Um, this is what we do. Dad and I, um, I think, know a lot about a lot of things because we have a lot of interest in a lot of different things. Um, but the tragedy of the American compassion, I think would be something that would be uh, worth doing. What do you plan on doing here on this uh, weekend uh, doubt or, or, I mean, I mean, I used to love going to Santa Fe. I've spent many an Easter weekend in Santa Fe. I love the bells on the Sunday morning for the Easter. I love the people who head up to St. Francis. I think that's taken on a totally different uh, time uh, prior to the, I was actually literally up in Santa Fe for the last one. A lot of people, you know, head on up to, Santuario de Chimayo. Um, a lot of you uh, people who don't understand it will make fun of it. Um, I urge you not to do so. It's what makes New Mexico what it is. Uh, are you going to crawl on your knees to go to uh, Santuario? Please. I mean, nobody's going to make... These are, this is what these people do. And it is not an easy, uh, no pun intended, feat. Um, they go through an entire shoe, folks. Um when they make that trek, um, whether they start in Santa Fe all the way to uh, Santuario de Chimayo, it is sacred, it is real. Um, it is something that I think replicates, as we heard, my wonderful children, what, two days ago, Dad, or just yesterday? I think it was just yesterday. You no, know, I think that was a beautiful... Um, for, for a seven and a nine-year-old to be able to communicate what they did, you know, I'm not going to brag about my kids. I generally don't get too excited about their accomplishments or their feats uh, about what they're doing, but that is, that is the, the product of a lot of different things. And I'll leave it at that. And I think it also includes the wonderful people who care about them at their school, uh, which is one of the better schools in all the area that I think is, is very important where people who are conscientious, who take the time to make sure that the children are as molded in their, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic as they are in their values, which is why, those types of schools are so critical and so important. Um, and it's what we would want for every child, for every child. That shouldn't be unique. And I mean, it's not something as if somebody asked me and said, you know, what should we do with our children? I'd be like, send them to that school. 
for this reason, and this is what could potentially happen. I, of course, had the opportunity to go to that type of school. I also went to the other type of school as well. You know, John Adams, hey, the Panthers, I'm going to sit on the eighth grade wall. No, that's cool. I'm going to go get some Twinkies for lunch, some Star Crunches, throw them up against the wall, firing squad, what's up? You know, I mean, did that. I went to Marie Hughes over there, Joe Diaz's wife. She threw me out of school. She gave me the ISS, the evil eye, because I picked up some snow. I was, Mr. Valdez was my coach, was my teacher. I mean, we had the benefits of having all the wonderful things, public, private, parochial, you know, and I think it's, it's important in order for the next generations to, and we want that experience, I think for everybody, you know, I think it, that's, I think that's a real want. It's a real desire. I mean, the, the kids that are falling out of school, they, they, can you imagine being starting out and within five to 15 years of their, you know, first years of their lives, you're already telling them that. Ah, get out. I don't care about you. I don't care. Like, really? Why did you have a kid? Mm-hmm. You know, it, sometimes, and I'm going to phrase it this way. I mean, for you, if you were to treat your child in such a manner as that, uh, maybe your abortion would have been preferable to you deciding to not wanting to go ahead and uh, run that kid through the uh, treadmill of a horrible, uh, bleak, you know, we hear the horrible stories. I think every single day. Every single day of that uh, wonderful woman, wonderful little girl, wonderful old lady who was murdered on her 10th birthday by her family who were looking for an excuse. And of course, that was uh, young 10-year-old Martins on her 10th birthday, chopped up into a bathtub and never had the opportunity. And those people will get off and the cartel that murder her and trade for the money in exchange for the money instead of, you know... <laughs> Hate to say it, they took her life instead of taking the money that uh, her guardians, Guadianas, would have had for her. I mean, that that's the tragedy of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. We see it happen more and more. So, well, and Eddie, there, there's sure. you know, you talk about Chimayo. I, I sent out a um, a link in the Daily Blast earlier this week. The state now, you know, you're you're talking to Mister Separation of Church and State atheist here, but the state DOT sent out a notice. Uh, saying we're committed to creating safe passages along the annual pilgrimage. Uh, it's located one mile Thank northwest you. of the Santa, yeah. Ru- uh, Santa Cruz Reservoir in northern yep. New Mexico. Um, you know, I, I think the maintenance, I have no problem with any governmental resources reasonably going to something like this because tradition matters, a connection to the past matters. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I, I Easter's can be a little tough for me because Easter was a big deal. I grew up in a Catholic household with a lot yep. of people. And, uh, and I think Easter's bigger than Christmas, by the way. Yeah, for some so families, absolutely. It's excessive. You know, yep. you, get, you have Lent and you have successive. You have the 40 days. Whereas in Christmas, when you're just dealing with Christmas, it's like the one time and you have Advent and nobody really pays attention to Advent. <laughs> right, right, you know, They just right. don't. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, this is such a unique thing. And I, I don't. I don't think we have anything really comparable in Connecticut. But every state uh, for tomorrow, tomorrow in in Hawaii, they're going to have Father Damien Day. He worked oh, with, with the lepers, huge. and it's only a state holiday in Hawaii. Nobody in Illinois cares about Father Damien. And it's a direct uh, connection to New Mexico, by the way. I'll tell you about more of that oh, later. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously because I grew up in Connecticut, I know about more traditions. We have um, what's in Deep River, Connecticut. Of course, you you know that's a typical Connecticut town. Uh, we have the annual fife and drum muster that I went to once, where they're maintaining the fife and drum band traditions going back to the revolution and every state 
has these kind of things. Um, and, and, and let me tell you, it's always in July or August. And those people wear flannel, traditional colonial uniforms. Those people just oh, swelter. Uh, and my favorite, the, the, the day we went, the, the, the year we went, my favorite was a, a group of guys who sang they weren't uh, fife and drum guys. They were sea, sea shanty guys, and they were singing all these old, you know, British and American sea shanties. So every state has something like that. Sometimes dozens and dozens of those different sorts of traditions. And I have no issue, no issue at all with the New Mexico Department of Transportation providing, you know, resources and safety precautions for this. And it is obviously a religious tradition because it transcends religion it, it, it's tied up to the, the the central culture of new mexico going back centuries and I, you know i fear that the kids today they're just so rootless they're not growing up with those kinds of things and i think they're really they're, they suffer for it now yeah, look at uh, this wonderful tradition you grew up around this is wonderful fife and drum master westbrook drum corps yes, yes. and uh just uh, bring back uh, echoes of your childhood. Absolutely. My two grandfathers were in the Fife and Drum Corps in, in our town of East Windsor. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Let's, let's take a little listen here as they uh, do what they do in the Deep River Ancient Muster for, <clears throat> excuse me, here, the 58th Annual Drum Corps. just uh, dawned on me, uh, Dow 3000, and uh, like, how did they, how did they assemble that, um, the music, and what they're doing with the flute, if none of them have any notes, or none of them have anything, yet stay in complete and total syncopated unison, I, that's kind of an amazing thing, that, that's, 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 that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, the the really great thing about and I have I have their CD. One of the years they issued the, a CD, and it's just it's over an hour of just straight fife and drum music. Um, yeah. And I think there's only one spoken line at one of them where the the sergeant says, you know, at the end. And yeah. uh, but the amazing thing is, you know, New England's very New Englandy, and a lot of times if you go to a veterans dedication or a, a Memorial Day parade or you know something, you'll you'll have a fife and drum corps there, the local fife and drum corps. But this is a whole morning of fife and drum and they just march in the parade oh and they come from all over the country. Can I go? Can I oh. take a trip to Connecticut? Just Deep you River, me? Connecticut. We go eat some apples and do some fife and drumming every summer. Next yep. time I see you, next time I connect with you, I'll meet you up in Connecticut for the old fife and the old fife and drum. And you I'm can familiar. almost feel at it. You can almost yeah, feel like the, the team of oxen bringing their carts around, you know, the, the founding fathers at the, at the, at the, at the ale club, you know, debating things. It's, it's just very new England. And I, I don't hate everything about new England. Some, some traditions are actually quite good. That is awesome. You know, the one time that I literally had, you know, tears to my eyes was when I saw the uh, drill team performance of the U S Marine Corps of the enlisted men who uh, do what they do between the bands and the performances and, like these were the highest decorated. They walked these men in these uniforms, and they were, and I mean this, and uh, they obviously not most non-sexual way possible, obviously. But these men were the most gorgeous creatures on the earth. <laughs> they were the most gorgeous creatures in their uniforms that were just perfect from every fold, every move, every song, every tone. And I was there when I was there for uh, American Legion Boys Nation. And I had the flag behind me and I just thought, I am the luckiest man in the world to live in a country such as this. 
And these men walked and you should have seen for a bunch of 17 year old uh, uh, kids who were, you know, obviously high performing, you know, the best of the best kind of guys going to people. You know, I went with people who went to Phillips Exeter Academy or, sure. you know, Andover or any of these places. And, you know, these well, were the Pete, Pete Dinelli knew that you were a superstar. Oh, yeah. Pete Dinelli. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pete Dinelli. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a moron. <laughs> He's so stupid. So anyway, um, you know, as we were there on the mall and we watched these people perform at this high level, like it, it's it, it you were sitting in awe, but that's that's the least of the emotions. You're overwhelmed with the level of excellence. You're overwhelmed with the level of discipline and the high level of execution and performance. And uh, I'll take it a step further, like perfection. And it, it, it's so it's so soul uplifting that it crushes and it makes you seem so small. Like you haven't accomplished anything in your life because it's perfect from the tossing of the guns to catching it. And all without looking and knowing and timing. And there's nothing. There's just them and their movements. And for anybody who's ever been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers, who's ever watched that. Perfect number of steps back and forth. Come rain, come shine. When you think about that, like nowhere in the world is that happening anywhere else. Of all the things that people see in Washington, D.C., there's a lot to see. There's nothing better for me than the tomb of the unknown children. I will sit there for an hour and watch those men. And not because I'm OCD and I'm counting steps and doing all this stuff, but I love watching the changeover. I love watching the changeover and just, it just doesn't miss a beat and knowing what it takes. Have you ever researched and looked at what those soldiers do to get to that point and how perfectly executed it is? They're just like, ah, Hey, Who's up for uh, walking all night on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers over here, bro? Who's uh, got the who, short straw? Yeah, uh, who's gonna... <laughs> no. <laughs> these, these are the best of the best. And there still is that. And to sort of kind of bring things back full circle here and, you know, think about our wonderful state and our traditions and the things that we're doing. What we've done here is as long or longer than even that is. There is that spirit of excellence here in that in this wonderful state and tradition that's longer than the fife and drums folks there's history of histories here and no it wasn't government enabled and the pioneers the true pioneer cowboy and indian rustic spirit was here 200 years before there was ever an arrow tossed or a bullet or a musket drawn And yet we live in the dungiest, filthiest, lowest ranking state in the entire country. And I sit around and I scoot around, scooty booty, all over up and down Yale, all up and down Gibson. I look at all this stuff and I say, well, don't these people know where the hell they live? Because I do. I know where we live. There's, there's no place I'd rather be.
this city in the next few years, if you let it, will become one of the better cities in the country. The state could potentially be one of the better states in the country. Now, you don't, ha you don't have the politicians or you don't have the leadership to do so, but you, the people, have to lead the politicians in that direction. These are their base creatures whose only interest really is their ego and their political ambitions. And they've forgotten what's so great about this place. I don't forget. I'm not a politician. I don't care. I'm not running for anything. I don't care about any of that stuff. But I love the fact that I, right across the street from where my, my grew up, my grandparents grew up. I'm so excited about that. I don't even know why, but I just am. I'm in a building that my dad built. I'm down the street to a university that I went to school. I crossed the hospital where I was born at. I'm luckier than every single one of you because I realize where I'm at and what I'm doing, and I'm happy about it. And I want better for the city and for the state. Don't you? When I hear that Dowd would leave that wonderful drum, the fife and drum band, and come over here to slog through policy and stay up until three in the morning to research something that he thinks and hopes that something will care about and he can change something. He knows that Connecticut's not going to change, but he knows that New Mexico possibly can change. Or what you could possibly do about it. So I guess on this uh, Holy Thursday, holiest of Thursdays, we uh, wish you a happy Easter and a good Friday. And we hope that you subscribe every single day to D-Dowd Muscas, the uh, Dowd 3000's own personal business. That's the rock of talk.chat. He makes it his business every morning to invade your inbox <laughs> and uh, give you the top five stories and then some. Uh, Dowd, uh, our top five before we head on if in the bl blue yonder and meet up again on Monday. Uh, indeed, and my best, best wishes to all my Christian uh, Christian uh, listeners and fans, and even maybe occasional enemies. Uh, number one, uh, no surprise, uh, speed enforcement cameras came out number one, most clicked link of the day at the Daily Blast. Number two, not a surprise, uh, the Albuquerque city government considering a ban on what they call tenant income discrimination. Uh, number three, something we'll get to next week, uh, the corrupt, most corrupt member of the Santa Fe uh, of, of, of our, in our beautiful capital city at the Roundhouse, Andrea Romero. Oh, I've, I've got files, on oh. there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, number four, big pot sales in Tucumcari. Uh, less said about that, the better. Uh, and number five, Tony the Therapy Dog goes to New Mexico State University because our Snowflake College kids are stressed out and they need a therapy dog. There you go. We'll see you bright and early Monday at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. For the rest of you, I'll see you at Saturday at 10 a.m. And tomorrow, you might want to take a listen to the uh, 4 o'clock uh, show. It'll be a good one. We appreciate everybody tuning in right here in the Kiva, AM 600-KIVABQ.FM. I can see her lying back in her satin dress In a room where you do what you don't confess Looking like a queen in a sailor's dream And she don't always say what she really means Sometimes I think it's a shame When I get the 
feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. I can picture every move that a man could make Getting lost in love is your first mistake Sundown, you better take care If I find you've been creeping down my back stairs Sometimes I think it's a sin When I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again I have 
I did not 
1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Yeah. 
AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head. Didn't hurt. And 
The beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. Then I fumbled through my closet for my clothes and found my cleanest dirty shirt. And I shaved my face and combed my hair and stumbled down the stairs to meet the day. I'd smoked my brain the night before on cigarettes and songs that I'd been picking. But I lit my first and watched a small kid cussing at a can that he was kicking. Then I crossed the empty street. Caught the Sunday smell of someone frying chicken, and it took me back to something that I'd lost somehow, somewhere along the way. On the Sunday morning sidewalk, wishing Lord that I was stone. There's something in a Sunday Makes a body feel alone And there's nothing short of dying Half as lonesome as the sound On the sleeping city sidewalks Sunday morning coming down. In the park, I saw a daddy with a laughing little girl who he was swinging. And I stopped beside a Sunday school and listened to the song that they were singing. Then I headed back for home, and somewhere far away, a lonely bell was ringing, and it echoed through the canyons like the disappearing dreams of yesterday. On the Sunday morning sidewalk. Wishing Lord that I was stoned Cause there's something in a Sunday Makes a body feel alone And there's nothing short of dying Half as lonesome as the sound on the sleeping city sidewalks Sunday morning coming down
is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque.
If I were the Prince of Darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which are in Washington. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect the disciplined emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I could get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. 